You are about to opt in to Monerotopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. All right. Oakley, Oakley. Cheerios. Happy New Year. Happy New Year's Eve. It's a big year this year, right? <laughs> yes, it, it went was. By fast. It went by super, super, super fast. fast. Cheers. Cheerios. You got a drink after your cheers. <sighs> Just coffee, ladies. guys. Just nope. coffee. No, no, it's too early in the morning to start. Yeah, a little <laughs> cannabis perhaps, but too too oh, early for oh yeah oh really for liquor. Too early. I want to be super. I feel like I'm already trying to be super healthy, but let's let's take it up a notch this year. What do you say? We already are <laughs> healthy. Oh my god, this person is just extreme. <laughs> what can we do to improve our health situation? I don't know. I don't know if anybody has any suggestions. Obviously, getting completely getting rid of alcohol would be yeah. We're not too bad, but we stick to the clear stuff. We drink mezcal. It just tastes so good, right? It does. It, it feels does. healthy. I feel like, it's like once in a you get all that lime okay. in there. You know, we don't put any sugar in there. Just straight it's up. It's just really straight up. So I don't know if that's yeah. good or bad. Like straight. There's not even like filter. <laughs> With a lot of lime squeezed in it. I think, I don't know. Obviously, it's not healthy. Well, it's not healthy, but from time to time. But we, wake, we wake up pretty pretty decent, right? Yeah. Better than wine, I feel like. Wine really gets you sleepy. Yeah. I'm down to complete. You want to try to completely kick alcohol for a period just to see what. We can talk about that, it. See how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. So not a Friday night, right? A Thursday night. Yeah. It's like on the weekends, but we'll see. Yeah. Happy right. New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Anyways, well, let's get what this other going. big changes can we do for the year? <laughs> well, it's been a, a very long year, so I feel like this year. Long? I thought it was fast. I thought we just said it was fast. Now you're saying it's long? Well, I'm sorry. I take that back. It's just a lot went on this year. So, yeah, like, could. I think, like, I was just, like, reminiscing. I'm like, oh, what? Like, lots of things happened this year. But yeah, it went by fast, but it was a lot of things. Yeah. So I just find that. We had Monero. To- oh, we got, yeah. we got married. We got married. That's what I was thinking about that yesterday. I was like, holy that shit. That was a whirlwind from last, actually from the beginning of last year, right? We had New Year's. I started yeah. my new job. or yeah. I, I had to go in on New Year's Day. Yeah. Or, yeah. This year you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah, yeah. This year. And uh, that was intense. And then we had... We got married. We got early. two weddings. We have <laughs> two weddings and a Monero. I, I was planning two weddings and a conference, so that was a lot. And then the summer, just conferences, <sighs> going to conferences, and and we're making progress, guys. Knock on wood. Now we got second Monerotopia coming up, bigger and better, a little more adventurous. Leaving the country, heading to to Mexico. Feeling pretty good about it. Yep. You want to throw up the uh, the website? Yeah. We'll we'll quickly mention this. I'm yeah. sure most people that listen already know. Monerotopia happening in May, Mexico City. 
Just buy your tickets and spread the word. Spread the word. Trying to get the word out, you know, beyond just the Monero community. Um, any any liberty-loving individual that's concerned about the elimination of cash and thinks we need a solution for the digital age should come down to Monerotopia. Super cheap. Uh, and you're just going to meet amazing people. Not just the speakers, the attendees, too, because we draw, you know, a cool, chill crowd yep. of uh people that are, are are curious that are exploring that are open-minded not not maxi at all right i'd say right there's really i mean there's there's no maxi vibe at, at monerotopia at all it's open-minded people exploring uh technology so you so, want to go over the speakers yeah yeah i think we've said them all. i mean the speakers are, i can't read it can you read it yeah co luke parker um Andre, so I can't, I don't want to put your last name. <laughs> so, what is it? so, so Co, obviously, is Co, Seraphis guys, anybody that's been paying attention at all to Monero. I mean, Co is tremendous figure in the Monero community. He's one of the, the main devs slash researchers. Uh, he's the guy spearheading Seraphis. He will be there. He was at the last Monerotopia. Super honored to have him there. He's, that's why we make him number one up there. I mean, he's uh, super honored to have Co there. So anybody that's like, you know, uh, maybe kind of kind of a little bit noobish with Monero, you come down to this conference, you're gonna you're going to um, you know be hearing from the people that are actually developing the tech. So it's pretty cool. Luke Luke is working on a new decentralized Dex. Sarai. Sarai. Yeah, Sarai. And then we have uh, Andre. He's the main dev of Xano. Uh, but he also happens to be the guy, you know, be one of the most early adopters of CryptoNote. He implemented uh, the first code base of the CryptoNet protocol. Well, who else do we have? You got to scroll down. Sorry. We have Justin Berman. He's a he's a you know a uh, a relatively new dev in the Monero space. Uh, we did an interview with him a couple of weeks ago. Highly recommend you go listen in on that. Uh, extremely well versed in in understanding the Monero code base. Study it very closely for the last couple of years. Made some improvements to it. Super chill dude. Uh, and then we start to fill. Oh, I'll put we have Seth. So I Seth in the Monero category. So these are all the Monero speakers. Obviously, obviously Seth needs no introduction. Um, I don't know what he'll be talking about. Maybe more layer two stuff. Uh, if you keep scrolling down, we have Arctic Mine, obviously. So Arctic is an expert on Monero scalability. Uh, he'll be there for sure. Um, and then if you go to the non-Monero speakers, if you scroll back up, we have, uh, Derek. Derek is, uh, an agorist. We had, we did a Monero talk with him. I don't know, maybe four months ago. Three months yeah, ago. something along the lines. So, during the summer. And he st started the free cell network. So he's going to be part of the, you know, part of the conference where we're talking about growing an, an actual Monero circular economy or, uh, you know, building a parallel economy out of the current system. Derek is an expert in that. He doesn't just talk about it. He started Freedom Cells, which is basically based on that concept. It's not necessarily Monero-based, but it's a group of people that have essentially are, are creating their own economy out of the, you know, standard economy. 
Um, so super psyched to have him there and even more so the fact that hopefully he'll bring in a bunch of his people from his, his community and they'll come check out Monero so we can start to integrate these communities. Uh, keep scrolling down. So also along these same lines of actually growing Monero usage, uh, and talking about adoption and what we could do. We have XMR family. He's an expert of local Monero. He's been using it for many years as a, as a vendor selling and trading Monero. Uh, so he has some, some good stories, some do's and don'ts, just another, you know, practical talk on getting people to, to onboard Monero. Uh, and then we have Ruben. Ruben is the creator of Firo. He's part of the Firo core team, but he's the, he's the guy who started it at all. Um, he'll be down there. He'll be giving a talk. I don't know what he's going to talk about. I mean, he specifically said like, you know, Doug, I don't want this to be like me talking about how my coin does things better than Monero or vice versa. <laughs> and I totally agree with him. We don't, we're inviting these other, uh, uh, privacy coin projects, but we're, you know, we're trying to keep it, uh, professional, <laughs> not maxi. And, I, you know, that's going to be the vibe. So it's like, come down, talk about your tech openly and we could, you know, debate it. We'll have people asking questions. Uh, so I don't even know what his, ta- what his talk is going to be beyond something Fira related, but Firo has, you know, w- worked on some things. Uh, that Monero has, you know, has looked at and implemented. Um, yeah, I mean, so that, that basically covers yeah, it like, for yes. now. Many, for now, many we're, potential, we're, like we have a yeah, lot we, of. But I think honestly, because it's been the holidays, it's just, you know, people are enjoying time with their family and. I mean, that right, that right there is <laughs> a, is a robust conference to be, to be honest. Guys, last, stay tuned. Last, last year, year we, we had, had too many people on one day, so but we're going to do at least two days, maybe two and a half, maybe oh, we wow. might start Especially Friday again. evening. You know what? Doug is going to just do a week. And we'll do like two opening talks Friday evening, chill evening. Uh, then people can go out afterwards. And then Saturday we'll start early morning. We'll go all day. We'll have the marketplace. You won't have to leave. We'll have the marketplace there. You'll be able to live off Monero. We don't want you to leave Monero, Sophia. Um, we might even have a little second stage area because we've had a lot of other like people that have reached out where we that they want to speak about. Yeah, yeah. we're not completely related to everything. We don't think you know it'd be good for them to be on the main stage just because not completely related to everything we're doing. But it would be cool to have them there. Um, So yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. So if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, please do so now. Uh, cause the prices will be going up after the new year. Um, yeah, and yeah, I know people think, ah, it's like five months away. Time flies, as you can tell, 2022 will buy like that. So trying yeah, to we haven't it. mentioned anything about places to stay because we, the we hotels we called up, they're like not ready to, to say, reserve, reserve their yeah, rooms yet for the 2023, so. which is crazy. Like that's, it's crazy. So do things differently, Doug. Maybe, maybe this week we'll get some information out there. But basically, you know, you know where the venue is. Just find an Airbnb near it or a hotel near it. There's a lot of, there's a couple of good hotels. We, we personally went down there and checked them out, walked in around the area. Uh, it's a, it's a good safe area and lots of cheap hotels to stay nearby. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, that's really it. it. Yeah. Let's, let's move it along. But yeah, basically long story short, buy your tickets today if you haven't. Monerotopia 2023, <laughs> Mexico City. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, 
I guess, yeah, let's move on to uh, the price report. Let's do that. The Monerotopia price report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat, peer-to-peer. Aloha, buddy. Happy New Year's. Happy, Happy New, New Year, man. How's it going? Oh, it's great. I heard you guys mention you hadn't started drinking yet, but this being <laughs> New Year's, if you had, you know, this would be like the one day you could drink before 12 and exactly. nobody would judge you for it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> this is a true story. Cheers to those that are... Uh, Cheers, yeah. By all that means. are already slushed. Yeah, right. Go for it. More power on. to you. We'll be starting later. For now, we needed our coffee. <laughs> Should we grab the mezcal? Yeah. Grab the mezcal. Oh my god! <laughs> oh yeah. It is New Year's. It is New Year's. I'm just on coffee right now, so I won't be too loose today. Yeah, we're we're on coffee and cannabis right now. Um, nice. sativa, though, you know, keep, keep, keep it keep it high. Uh, I've never found it made that big of a difference for me. I've tried both and. I don't know, they yeah. both seem to have a similar, I don't know, maybe I'm just uh, un, not that sensitive to weed or something like that, I don't know. Yes, yeah, sativa gives me much more of um, uh, an, an energy high, more like a coffee, mm. and indica kind of just like knocks me out. I do like to take kratom, I don't know if y'all ever heard of that. No, what's that? It's um so it's a family uh, it's a it's a plant that's in the fam uh, I can't talk this morning it is a plant that's in the coffee family um, but it doesn't have um, caffeine it has something that acts on the opioid receptors but it's technically not an opioid so it kind of just gives you like you know mellow vibes makes you feel good oh shit we should we should add this to gratuitous so is it like oh yeah um, you know I actually buy it for crypto really. Yeah, this uh, this business called Kratomex down in Mexico. They sell it for. Unfortunately, they only. What's that? Coffee. It looks like a coffee bean. No, it's. uh, They use the leaf, so they powder up the leaf, and it's green, uh, or various shades of green. Um, And you can buy it by. You can usually get it in head shops. Um, I would just say be careful because the quality isn't regulated. The government tried to shut it down, of course, a few years ago, but then they were. Kratom, K-R-A-T-O-M. Do they also call it kava? Or that's something else, right? That's something else. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had this. Okay. Yeah, kava is a root from Hawaii, and it's uh, it, it's almost like being drunk or having a few drinks, but without the uh, like without the intox the, the toxicity of it. Yeah, we've had that a few. There's a shop that opened up in Brooklyn over here. We went a few times. It was interesting. Um, yeah, it's cool. I, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't go out of my way to 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 have it, but do you do you act do you drink it often? Yeah, I tend to drink it once every few days. No, wow. To uh, just to relax. So you that's like the, your replacement for alcohol. Is it like do you see it as being similar to to alcohol? You could you could say that. Um, although I haven't like replaced alcohol with anything. <laughs> I don't drink too often, um, but. Uh, yeah, I do like Kratom. You have to be careful about the dosage. If you take too much, it can kind of make you feel a little bit woozy, almost like you have slight vertigo. So you really just want to take like a small amount, like maybe half a gram, one gram, um, and then only slowly take more until you can feel it. Awesome, man. Send me the uh, info on them. Maybe we'll, we'll try to add them to gratuitous. Yeah, that would be cool. I'm sure there's um, – maybe we can convince the company I'm using right now to uh, to accept Monero. Yeah. 
Cool. All right, buddy. All right. So, and I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're going to start, we're going to take a big picture look. We're going to look at monthly charts. We're going to look at yearly charts. And the theme that I'm seeing right now is that there are a lot of conflicting signals. Um, things aren't not nearly quite so negative as they were a few months ago. Um, back in October, it was hard for me to say that the bottom might be in. That was There was just too much weird stuff going on. The charts didn't look right. And while some of that is still here, it, it's at least possible now. I think it's reasonably possible that we might have bottomed. There's a potential that that's true. Whereas a few months ago, that that didn't seem like it was true. So because it's end of year, we're going to start on the macro stuff and we're going to start really zoomed out. So we'll just go top to bottom, left to right. And uh, the first chart we have is the 10-year yield. So you can see that this is a lifetime chart going all the way back to the the start of the Federal Reserve, uh, 1913. So you can see that we uh, back in the, the 40s during World War II, we actually had very low interest rates. And we hadn't gotten down that far until recently. And then you can see there's kind of like this bump and bump and then up. And we're kind of on that first leg up if we're if you wanted to try and make comparisons the last time we were this low. And you can see that this happened in starting in 1955. And then you had the 60s here. And that was all simultaneous with inflation starting to rise significantly. And then, of course, uh, 1971. This was when Nixon severed the gold standard and then rates just went uh, went through the roof. So it would looking at this chart, it would be hard to say that this is the end, that we're not going to go up some more. Um, but there's there are good reasons that we might not go up too much farther, um, especially because this chart, more than any of them, is, quote unquote, manipulated. It's more so that the government sets the rates. Um, yes, the free market also determines them, but the Federal Reserve helps to determine rates through monetary policy. So this is an interesting chart. We can go back down to a shorter time frame and we can look at just this particular bull market. This chart is in a bull market. As rates go up, the value of the bonds goes down and it also tends to have negative recently in the modern era. It tends to have negative consequences for price. So you can see that we're basically in this channel right here. And the Federal Reserve is not done raising rates, but they're getting close. So it is possible that we do see another bump up uh, in this channel. Um, yeah, because right now we're not, you know, it's it's hard to say that, it's hard to say that this chart is going to break to the downside at all. This looks like a chart that's going to try and come back up to test the top of this range. The dollar index is this is again the yearly you know 12 month one year candles uh this is the lifetime of the chart and there's not there's really not a remarkable chart to speak of uh but you can see you know that we are hang on a second sorry about that you can see that uh, we had this big wick right here right this is a pretty large wick to have on a single candle and that that definitely would look bullish but again when it comes to these currencies when it comes to bonds they are managed so we might not need to expect to to significantly go up here if we do that movement would probably start later next year um but right now i i do think that uh the dixie has some strength and we'll look at the shorter charts you can see the shorter timeline the one thing that i really wanted to show you guys on this chart 
was comparing against the federal funds rate. And again, I wanted to bring out the thing that Jay Powell said a couple of months ago that I thought was really interesting when he said that markets used to move after the policy change was made um, as those changes filtered out to the markets, but that now uh, markets are moving in anticipation of the Ford guidance. So you can, you can see this in this chart right here somewhat. Uh, so if we go all the way back to 1970s, 76 here, what you can see is that the Federal Reserve really pushed up the funds. That's what this white line is. That's the overnight federal funds rate. Um, the, the one that Jay Powell and his team sets every month or so. And you can see that this went up first and then we saw the Dixie respond by going up. So there was like, there was a pretty significant delay of, mm, it started going up right at the peak, but it really, there was a delay of about a year or so before the Dixie started moving. And you can see that um, this is essentially where rates are moving after the policy change has been made. And then now what you can see has happened is that rates came up off a of floor of zero, and which is a significant move. Like, this doesn't look like much, right? You would say, okay, well, this is just a rate that moved from 0% to 4%. But the reality is when you're coming off a zero floor, that's actually a very significant move. And you can see what happened is that the Dixie went up simultaneously with the Fed raising rates because the markets now understand. And this is very important to understand when you're when you're dealing with markets. Markets learn. People will look at charts and historical patterns from decades ago and then they'll try and apply that one for one today. And that's not really a good idea to do. You need to understand that the markets learn the kinds of things that are important. And in this case, people have learned over time more aspects of the monetary system, um, more aspects of interest rates, Federal Reserve policy, et cetera, and how that affects the stock market and risk assets. And so now what we see is that currencies move on the anticipation or in lockstep with changes to the policy. So uh, I thought this was a reasonably good illustration of that. And if you look in this chart in other places, you can see something similar, like, for example, in the 90s, um, we had so the uh, the federal funds rate was coming down for quite a long time and it finally started moving back up. And then you can see that the Dixie uh, followed it. But again, just slightly delayed. Um, so, yeah, that's what I thought was interesting in this chart. Let's go ahead and go to the daily or the weekly time scale and we can just see what uh, we can see what this bull market looks like. All right. So this is the current bull market. This was, again, Back in last year, 2021, this was one of the ways that you could tell that we were going to be entering a bear market. So because the Dixie was already in a bull market, you can see this entire time frame right here. The Dixie had made a stop and reversal starting from basically from the top in crypto in May uh, all the way through till, you know, uh, just recently until October. So this was one of those big signs that, hey, the markets are shifting, funds, money is flowing in different places than it was previously. You can see as the Dixie went down, this was a significant driver of the bull market as well, or at least significantly significantly correlated to it. Uh, so, again, we've come up, we've taken a pullback. Right now, I, I've been expecting Dixie to take another move up to the top, but it doesn't seem to be forthcoming. So um, this actually does give us some indications that we might see some positive movement going into next year. And that's kind of one of the themes is that I I am expecting that we have a really big breakout next year overall. Um, but that doesn't mean that it has to happen right away. I think that there's still a lot of nervousness in the market. So this is what Dixie looks like. 
if we do see the markets make a big bounce, for example, let's suppose Dixie kind of does this, the markets are going up, and then Dixie starts going up again while the markets still continue their momentum on a bull run, on this hypothetical bull run I'm talking about, or miniature bull run. This, again, is something we'll look at to tell us when the top might be in of any of any hypothetical move to the upside next year. Uh, we'll be watching Dixie because it does signal overall, like it's it doesn't match one for one day by day, but looking at it on a larger picture, the weeks, the months, time frame, the Dixie does give you sometimes an advanced indication of changes that are coming up. So um, right now the Dixie has pulled back significantly and markets haven't really moved up. In fact, we're still, we're pretty close to the lows across the board. And we'll talk about traditional markets a little bit more. Let's take a look at gold. We don't get gold enough. Um, so this is the yearly chart, and this chart is just special. So gold, the currency was gold back. The dollar was just a measure of gold for a long period of time, um, even after the creation of the Federal Reserve. And then in 1933, they had that executive order, you know, where they confiscated all the gold. Criminal. It's too bad the people didn't uh, stand up then for their rights and say, no, we're not going to do that. But anyways, um, there was a reevaluation after they confiscated as much gold as they could. And then it was flat. The U.S. Bretton Woods promised that, uh, you know, they would, the dollar would be backed one to one. You could redeem your, your dollars for gold if you were a nation state, but not if you were a person, which is interesting because previously you could redeem your gold. And then they said, well, only sovereigns can redeem their gold. So it's kind of like. Um, it's not like sovereign, it's kind of sovereign citizen stuff where you'll hear people talk about we were sovereigns and then the, they changed everything and put us under corporate rules. That's like a whole other conversation, but I do enjoy learning about some of those theories. Not all of them are right. Some of them are kind of silly, but anyways, and we can see this massive move happening with gold and that was a started and wouldn't you know it, the moment that Nixon severed the gold standard in 1971. So we had a big uh, movement there. A big consolidation and then another big movement. Um, so interesting chart. We uh, we can go to some shorter time frames. Oh, you know, there was one thing that I wanted to show you guys. Maybe. Okay. Now, I don't really know what to make of this, but so top chart here is Bitcoin. Bitcoin had a big move to the upside, right, this 2013, 2014, uh, and then a long consolidation period and then a big organic movement to the upside followed by a blow off top. So, the gold chart actually looks very similar. After 1971, it had this big move to the upside, a long consolidation period, and then a big organic movement um, in the early 2000s. And then this is almost kind of like a cup and handle. So we're looking at a very long-term chart. So this cup and handle could continue to play out, but eventually this thing will result to the upside. Uh, and that's it's hard. With gold, you kind of have to be patient if you're going to hold it. You have to regard it more as a mechanism for saving money than a mechanism for getting rich. You're just, um, unless you buy at just the right times, it's typically not going to be your best performing asset. Um, for example, you could have bought in 2001 and rode that whole thing up to 2011, but for the last decade, it has been down and flat at best. So anyways, I just thought this was interesting that there's kind of like this comparison. You can see it sort of breaks down. So right where crypto was crashing here um, in 2019, gold was actually going up. So this is a, start, a chart that shows significant strength. So I just thought that was interesting that people might be interested in taking a look at that. Uh, oh, this is a big one. I really wanted to show you guys this. Um, okay, but anyways, what we are looking at here is the reverse repos. That's the white line. And again, this was another one of those signs back in May of 2021, um, and then especially September or October of 2021, that the market was at a top, 
things were going to be reversing because this is money that gets parked with the Fed overnight, just for a, just overnight, and they get a very small interest rate for doing that. So this is liquid cash. This is cash that people have, institutions have, that they can use to buy markets or buy anything that they want. But right now, they haven't wanted to buy anything with it, and it's currently sitting at $2.5 trillion. Now, we had talked about this before and how it was coming down, right, that this was a sign that, hey, maybe uh, maybe we could be bottoming soon. Maybe we could get a reversal. I did expect that it was going to come back up. If you remember the past few weeks, I've been saying that we need one more pullback before the markets are going to actually go on any major significant runs, that we were at resistance. I think the last show that we had, that was that was the theme. That was two weeks ago. Um, I was saying that the markets need a pullback, that this is the time for it to start. And um, reverse repos act kind of inversely to that. So NBC, inver- uh, sorry, reverse repos took a big spike recently to the upside, much, much larger than I thought it would actually. I didn't think that this right here would happen. So, um, that is, uh, that is a sign that would say markets might have further down to go, right? So remember, uh, the, the theme of this show today is that we have a lot of conflicting signals. So reverse repos right now, this is a signal that I would say that that's a negative signal for risk assets, for stock markets, for crypto. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. That's definitely a point that we need to keep in mind. Um, now, this could also be kind of one of those like blow off wicks. In fact, long term overall, some of those other indicators that you saw me erase at the beginning, they're somewhat kind of momentum indicators in, in a certain way. And overall, the momentum has kind of rolled over on this chart. This chart, like this is a big spike um, above kind of an established range, a standard deviation range. Um, so I don't expect that this has significant legs, uh, but, you know, markets can surprise you. I would I would expect that after this move here um, that it should come back down and that will correlate with a big uh, breakout next year. Uh, and then the last thing we'll see on the on the macro chart is we've got the the U.S. bonds. These are all different maturity length bonds. The darker ones being longer, the shorter ones, the lighter ones being shorter term. And then the yellow down here is the overall inversion of the yield curve. So you can see that we're going to close this year. These are we're on. Uh, Yearly candles here. We're going to close this year more inverted than we have closed any year ever. This is historic. So that's, that's interesting. Uh, and then you can see up here again, uh, all the rates are basically fully inverted. Uh, so that's again, this can last. This can persist for a very long time. For example, 1994, we were almost at zero and then we chopped sideways all the way until 2000. So that was a six year period where rates were almost inverted. Uh, and then you can see 2008, we had, again, like another year-long period where rates were inverted. So this doesn't mean anything's going to crash soon. People are like, oh, my God, the rates are inverted. It's all about to crash. Uh, but that's not really how that works. It's um, It can it can play out over long periods of time. And that's a theme that, that I've had to learn over the past few years is that markets tend to move very slowly, uh, a lot more slowly than you would prefer in most cases. Uh, there are moments of explosive growth. Bull markets can happen quickly. They can be done in a year. Uh, but most moves, especially for ever since the top, most of the moves have just taken a long time to get there, much longer than I expected. Um, okay, so let's take uh, let's zoom in here to Monero. You know, so totally fully zoomed out view on the macro. We can look at Monero. I want to start with XMR. Actually, let's start with XMR dominance. Because this is a nice chart. So if you remember two weeks ago, we said that uh, there was this breakout here. 
we were at resistance. I thought, hey, maybe you could pull back. But then I said, ah, you know, it's crypto. Stuff can surprise you sometimes. And sure enough, this one did. We closed the week right at the resistance. We closed the next week just above it. And then right here with this candle, with this candle right here, what I was saying is you want to see it confirm. You want to see another close above that resistance line. And this wick right here, I'm not exactly sure what that was. I checked the Monero price versus total uh, versus Bitcoin versus the majors, and there wasn't a huge dip of, of any of the other major coins, and there wasn't a massive breakout on Monero. I think this wick is probably just some kind of artifact from the way the trading view does the calculation. Um, you see that sometimes. Uh, you even see it on total occasionally. But the important thing is that we did close another week above this resistance, and then we really closed this – well, we're going to close this next week um, tomorrow uh, above this years-long downtrend resistance line. So that's a big deal. Um, that's a big deal because it really means that Monero could go on a much more sustained run. Now, we're actually – we're seeing this everywhere in the Monero chart. So, example, for example, we go to XMR BTC, and ignoring the recent data – this was a big sideways triangle that we had seen developing. It's really a lifetime triangle chart versus Bitcoin. And um, so ultimately, we did break out of that. This was a really crazy, weird way to break out of this triangle. So we came up, we came back down, we came up, we came back down, we came up. And finally, finally right here, we confirmed the breakout of this triangle. Um, so remember when I talk about just a second ago, I said you have to, you want two candles, or really you want one candle above and then the next candle to close above. And you can see why that's important because we did break that right here, but then we came right back down and we had this waffling action for a period of time. So this is why we talk about uh, once you break a resistance, you want to see it close above that to confirm that resistance. And uh, got to give credit where credit is due. I picked that one up off of Gareth Soloway. Um, I like his analysis. I like how he keeps it fairly simple. Uh, and understandable. Vic, Vic um, he was one say, of the few. Vic is, oh, sorry to interrupt. Vic is saying no, go ahead. in the chat, he thinks uh, his prediction is we'll see another 100% gain against Bitcoin in 2023. Whoa. That could Whoa. very well happen. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I think that's actually quite likely here, quite possible. So uh, we've got this uh, ascending wedge right now, and let's uh, – so kind of we've been on a larger time frame. Yeah, so this triangle right here, this rising wedge, this is strength. This is a lot of strength. We've been riding the top of it. We dipped down. We just wicked there, and then we came right back to the top of it. This is exactly what you'd expect from an asset that's going to break to the upside of this. And if and when this does happen, um, yeah, 100% gain versus Bitcoin could easily happen. All it takes is something like seeing Monero at $300. Monero $300 would get us there, and that's that's not an unreasonable – and obviously Bitcoin at, at its same spot. And that's really – that's not unreasonable. So we are we are at this resistance line. Um, that doesn't mean that it has to happen now, but, I mean, the longer that we keep pressing up against the 009 resistance area, um, that will probably send us straight to the 0 .11 uh, – sorry, 0.011 area. So we can look at that, and you can see why I drew these lines. It's essentially the tops of all of these, uh, right? That was uh, the May 2011. That was the first rebound um, that we had after a very long bear market. So that's why this first line is there. And then the second line is obvious. You can see, again, that that's the area of horizontal significance. 
So, yeah, I mean, eventually we are going to break this line and then we're going to go up. And if we went up there, that would be, that'd be a 30% gain. Let's see what a 100% gain would look like. Can we get past Doug's .02? A 100% gain would, would put us right below it. By Monerotopia. On Monerotopia. That would be, that would be awesome. We'd have a nice, a nice big party. That would be nice. Now the thing that I, I wanted to show you guys here on the Monero chart is that there's the sideways triangle here. We're looking at something kind of similar, uh, on the, the USD chart, Monero USD. Um, now you can see that with the, with the bear market, we have this kind of channel here where we, you know, it's acted kind of as resistance. We'll break above it and then we'll come back down. It's kind of acting as resistance. The next move would be potentially to break this resistance, come up here to say $180. Um, and then we want to break this line and cryptocurrency looks very similar. Um, but ultimately the thing I wanted to show you guys is that we have these triangles that are developing the Monero and this one broke to the upside. The Monero dominance is currently breaking to the upside. And then uh, we've got the last one is the Monero USD chart. Uh, we've also got Monero versus Ethereum here. We're in this sideways triangle. Um, I don't have any big opinions on how this one breaks. You can see this one isn't quite as strong as the XMR BTC chart. And it's little things like this that I look at and I say, yeah, Bitcoin just doesn't look that strong to me price-wise. And then there's like 220,000 outstanding Bitcoin held by the United States government that they're going to sell at some point. Uh, it, it might be years before they sell it, but just the fact that it's out there that's kind of hanging over Bitcoin's price. Um, whereas Ethereum and Monero, they don't have these negative externalities hanging over price like that. So um, longs and shorts, nothing. They're just, uh, they're just flat here. Nothing has changed. Very, very close to the zero mark. Although technically we just barely went uh, to net short. And the divergences, the price divergences, um, nothing to speak of here either. Very close to zero. That's good. That's what we want to see. Um, this action that happened here early in December, I don't know what that was all about. Um, Binance was freezing withdrawals pretty consistently. I guess this was the money run right here. The, another another money run was done uh, on the 14th, the 15th. Um, so, yeah, Binance was kind of like freezing their, their withdrawals off and on. I haven't been paying attention lately. They might still be doing that. They probably are. They've been doing it for the last six months. They're most of the time, or I should say like half the time they're down, half the time they're up. They're just like riding the line of trying to uh, – uh, of trying to keep their withdrawals open, which of course enables them to maximize their fractional reserve ratio to hold as little Monero as they possibly can. So, but again, that's kind of another reason why we can expect Monero to have positive price action because they can't go any further into those reserve, those fractional ratios. They're, they're just out of Monero. People want their Monero. So, uh, good signs for Monero price. Stock markets. Let's take a look at stock markets. Uh, we got the NASDAQ right here. You remember um, the last Monero report, uh, the price report we did was right around here. And I was saying that we need another pullback. Now, we're basically at the lows from the past couple of months. And that's not surprising. This this is um, definitely what the chart was saying. Uh, let's go to the – oh, you know, I actually wanted to go to the S&P 500 first. So let's turn off the indicators. This is the year-long lifetime chart. So S&P 500 starts back in 1872, if you can believe that. So we've got kind of uh, mildly positive action for like 50 years there. And then the Federal Reserve kicks on right here. That was the Great Depression that happened after the big run-up, the 1929 top. It came back down, was flat. And then ultimately, with the current monetary system, uh, we have just had continuous log uh, sorry, exponential growth 
right? We're on a logarithmic chart over here, so this is a this is an exponential chart. Because again, the Federal Reserve prints money, the banks banks print money, they target two percent, which is an exponential function. So we've got this chart that goes all the way up. You can see every time that we've gotten maybe I didn't have that line drawn quite right. So let's actually just get rid of that. This has been an epic run since quantitative easing started after the 2009 collapse. This right here is a truly epic run, and it mirrors the run that happened um, after they killed Bretton Woods, after they severed the gold standard. So let's go to a shorter timeline right here. There wasn't much that I wanted to show you on the on the lifetime S&P chart, just, uh, just so that we can take a look at it since the end of the year. Um, okay, yeah, so... This line right here is the bear market resistance. We touched that line. So, again, like, there really wasn't um, anything spectacular to expect that we would get another fall here. What's interesting is that you can see that the bottom and the bottom here, we're still above that. Um, so the S&P didn't fall nearly as far, and that's because fundamentals matter more in bear markets. People leave their growth stocks. People leave their speculative investments, their the crazy YOLO plays, and they go to the safety of stuff like Coca-Cola and, I don't know, uh, some of the auto manufacturers, stuff that's that has been around for a very long time, that's established, they've got profits, uh, they pay dividends. These are the stocks that people really want to pick up during bear markets, which is why you can see that the S&P, as compared to the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ is back at its lows, right? These are tech stocks. This is stuff like Tesla. Um, and the NASDAQ is pretty close to back at its lows, but the S&P is still higher. So, these are very important lines, both of them, that if we see these lines break, and I do expect that at some point we'll see these lines break, um, maybe uh, maybe it'll happen uh, next week where we'll start going up, or maybe we're going to continue down. This is where I, I, I'm sorry I don't have any good predictions for you guys in the short term. Um, so we have the end of your tax loss harvesting. That's over. Uh, people have done all the harvesting they can. They've sold all the assets, all their losses, and realized them as much as they can. And now they want to get back into those assets. That should act as a positive price pressure starting next week. Um, however, I, I just I don't like the way some of these charts are set up. Uh, there are still problems with there are systemic risks with the Bitcoin price. And we'll get to crypto in a second uh, to look at the crypto broad view. Um, it's just hard for me to um, to think that we were totally done falling here. Uh, let's go ahead and look at. Okay, Z-scores. So if you remember, we talked about Z-scores for many months here, and this is a momentum indicator. It's a lot like RSI. And essentially, we're making higher lows. These Z-scores are all making higher lows here on the bottom, even as we're making slightly lower lows or almost lower lows right here recently. So ultimately, this is a momentum reversal indicator. Um, we're getting divergence, and I do expect that we should break this line here at some point. Question is when? Maybe it won't happen in January. As I said earlier, markets tend to move a lot more slowly than we might prefer. This is S&P 500 and RSI. You can see that there is some small amount of divergence developing here, but that's hard to say. That's not exactly right because this is the 60% mark, and once you break 60, I kind of consider divergences invalidated, if that makes sense. Uh, maybe if we go to the weekly, we can get something better. On the weekly chart, you can see some divergence. And because this is a weekly chart, this definitely gives you the feeling of a long-term reversal, which is why I've been saying that next year we should get a reversal that's somewhat long-lived. It, it, it won't be like a month-long pump or a 
two month long pump. It, it should last for a reasonably long amount of time next year. Um, because this divergence again on a weekly chart is showing us that, uh, that there, there's the potential for us to go up here. So the S&P would be the first one to expect to break. If we see it immediately come right back up to this area and then poke its head above, um, that's probably all I need to see to, um, start reaccumulating even more. Um, I actually did buy back, um, something like seven or, maybe 10% of my stack. Um, and I bought it into a degenerate YOLO coin. I won't say which one it is, <laughs> um, but it is a coin that's gone down significantly and I expect that it should have another run. Uh, I wanted to warn you guys about Tesla two weeks ago and I just forgot it was on my, it was on my chart list. I had a debate with someone on Twitter about three weeks ago about whether you should be getting into Tesla uh, right around here. <laughs> and I was trying to tell him, I said, look, uh, you know, because he said, well, fundamentally, Tesla is amazing in their balance sheet and they have no debt and yada, yada, yada. I said, that's great. But I don't need to know anything else other than looking at this chart. Um, looking at this chart, let's before it fell. This is a terrible chart. This is not a good chart. Um, and Tesla's PDE ratios are really high. So Tesla might be a great company. I don't know. Um, I don't I don't really study companies that much. But one thing I do know is that in order for Tesla's value, um, or sorry, for Tesla's profits to catch up to where the chart is currently at, they need to do like a 10x or 100x growth in their profits, which is huge, right? Essentially, this is, again, it's a growth stock. People speculate during a bull market that Tesla will be the next amazing electric car thingy, whatever, it doesn't matter. Lots of companies do this. And so their stock gets significantly ahead of its current real value. Um, and then you spend this long period of time where the, the company actually has to catch up to the chart because people, you know, they're, they're speculating. So right now what's happening is we're seeing this big pullback and Musk also had to sell a lot of Tesla. And I think that he's using that to try and sustain, uh, Twitter. He lost a lot of advertisers. So, um, it seems like he was trying to find cash to keep Twitter going. So hopefully he can keep Twitter going. I think it's better in his hands than in the hands of the last guys. Um, but you know, I'm not, I'm also not a huge Elon Musk fan in certain ways. Uh, so that's the stock market. Um, basically again, we're looking for a breakout at some point here. It could happen next week. We have positive price pressure with people rebuying their stocks. Um, but you know, sometimes this stuff happens on longer timelines than we prefer. Onward to crypto. And this should be one of the last things we'll look at. So long lifetime chart of total. Uh, it actually goes back farther than this, but it's really just um, just a Bitcoin chart. Um, let's go to a shorter time frame. Okay, so just like much like we had with Monero, we've got this kind of channel, right? We got this bear market channel where the bottom line represents a place we had resistance for a significant period of time. The top line represents kind of like our ultimate attempts to get above, to rise above. Now. To me, this chart looks very similar to this time frame right here. So what's happening here looks very similar um, to this right here. I don't like this chart. I really don't. It feels like bullshit. It feels like someone is artificially putting a bottom in these markets. It does not feel like organic support. The people that could organically support the markets have already bought every step of the way down. Um, but at the same time, I kind of feel like in 2018, they were able to put a floor on the market earlier than probably it really should have been. Um, there are some emails out there with Tether that they talk about they need to take drastic action quickly um, or the market could fall further. 
that all came out during the New York Attorney General investigation into what Tether was up to. So anyways, um, I say that to say that I don't like this chart. It looks like bullshit, but that doesn't mean that this isn't the floor. This could very easily be the floor. I don't like that we didn't get – I don't like that we didn't touch my regression line down here all the way. Uh, I would love to have touched that line. That's such an easy rebuy point. But you can also see uh, – that's, well, that, that's what Vic said. And uh, <laughs> sure, why not? Body, thank you so much. Body, thank you. And have a, a wonderful New Year's Eve and a happy and healthy New Year. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, stick around. Happy and healthy happy New Year to you as well. All right, man. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, my friend. Alrighty, so um, I guess uh, let's move on to our guest. Yeah, yeah, we, we, get, we, got, lineup, we got people so. waiting. I yeah. think we'll, we'll skip the news for now. We could just do the news with everybody on stage. Yeah, let's try to do Body, that. jump on stage if you can. You can join us. I think, I think you said he had to run, though. Yeah, I think he had okay. to run, so let's uh, move on to the guest segment. <laughs> the Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. Aloha, my friends. Some Thank heavy you hitters. all. Wow. Look Damn. at that. <laughs> I, I think I've muted all you guys, so if you want to What's unmute up, yourself. Good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing? Good, on, good. Guys. How are you? Thank you guys for joining us on this New Year's Eve. Nice we're just talking to the same I know. I guess let's go uh, one by one. Let's go around the room. Hi, Seth. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks for putting this on. Glad I could finally jump on for one here and there. So. No, appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, man. You've been busy. You've been hanging out with those Bitcoiners. What are you doing? (laughs) Blending the lines, blurring the lines, I guess. (laughs) Doing a good job. Like your, uh, I like your hat, Seth. Things making it on more and more podcasts and video calls and. Yeah, it's my go-to. <laughs> is that the one? Is that the one Justin got me? Oh, it is. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, those are. Oh yeah, I think I remember. <laughs> Look, the limited good. edition run. Wow. <laughs> gonna auction that off. Justin, what's up, All man? Right, hello, Justin. Hey, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Thank you for joining us in your blurred office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's there's a cat tree in the background and. All sorts of fun stuff you have in your office normally. Nice. Awesome. Good times. Good times. Um, Andres, hello, hello. Andres. Thank you for joining us. Where hello. Are, are they still partying it up? <laughs> you guys still partying strong <laughs> out there? <laughs> no, but we are still happy. So. Good, good. <laughs> it was an awesome game. Awesome, awesome. I did think of you once they won. I was like, woo. Thank yeah, you. it was an amazing game. It was an awesome game. It was very, very nerve-breaking. Yeah, it was awesome. Very awesome game. So, congratulations. Thank you. Like, I just <laughs> took any, part, hard. any worked, part of the one that did you. It's all yeah, the hard part. <laughs> I made all my Ds and Zara and stuff like that. And did did Was I there, like, a party in the streets? Did you go out in the streets after? Of course. Yeah, I was yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> really, looked. I mean, I mean, I tried to, to to convey some of that through Twitter somehow, somehow, but there was five million people on the street. Oh my on, god! Yeah, I mean, it, on just a city and around the city, so it was oh, crazy, crazy. Yes, totally, totally overboard. I mean, um, 
imagine like a highway, for example, like three different highways, three lanes wide and every like six six lane wide, full of people, like just jump into the highway, so no cars whatsoever. So it was very difficult to get in or out of the Buenos Aires city, for example. <laughs> and you have like a whole perimeter of highway as well. And the the next day, I mean, the next day was even worse because the ma the, the the team was the team came, coming right? back oh and going God. to a bus yeah, <laughs> through the city stopped. and around. So everybody jumped on the on the on on the highways and on the main streets just to see Super. the bus. <laughs> collapsed everything. Family people they had to they, they they. I mean, I think it was like three or four hours of the bus just to make three kilometers. Oh, my God. And they just basically gave up after people jumped from bridges to get into the bus of the players and stuff like that. Just just gave up and took a chopper <laughs> and <laughs> fly over the city. And the people didn't care. It was just I didn't know if it was real or not, but I, I saw that. Really? Yeah, it was really real, yes. That's I was like, yeah, I was like, really? Because, yeah, the bus got like, because there were and just so many people. Helicopter? Yeah, because they couldn't <laughs> yeah. move anywhere. It, was, it really was, if you see footage of the whole thing that is everywhere, it really was like a happy version of World War C. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, really, really. Crowds yeah. moving like that. Magical. That, that it, Millions that of people. Books. People get so excited. How, how do we bring that energy to Monero? We need that type of energy in Monero. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> about it. Yeah. That's hilarious. Well, congratulations. Congrats. I'm happy for your win. Thank you. Thank you. What a great job. Great job. <laughs> well, hello, Vic. Vic. What's howdy, up, Howdy, howdy. Hey, happy new year. Happy, happy new, new year. Happy new years. Yeah. Cheers. How you guys doing? Good, good. Just chilling. You're, you're local. Congratulations to for, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here in New York. Okay. And Sunina's going to talk to you about some stuff, but anyway, congratulations <laughs> on a successful year. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Congrats. Man. Congrats. Interesting shows, interesting discussions, interesting guests. It's been good. Well done. Yeah, it's been an awesome Thank year. Man. Thank you. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we were yeah. reminiscing the other day. We're like, we, <laughs> with Bonnie for yeah. two hours. <laughs> two hours. <laughs> um, Vic, what would you say are some of the biggest, uh, biggest accomplishments for for Cake this year? Obviously, I guess Cake Pay, right, it was a uh, was a big one. Yeah, that's it. Let's see. I mean, we had a lot of little features, and uh, you know, the app looks totally different than it did a year ago. I mean, not cosmetically, but just feature-wise. But I think Cake Pay was definitely the the big thing for 22. Uh, gave off ramp to millions of people worldwide, 140 countries, um, and it's been very successful beyond beyond my expectations. Um, so it's been good. I think it's a great feature. I I actually use it myself. Um, so yeah, I hope I hope you guys have tried it and liked it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. We love we it. Are you it. Kidding it's me? awesome. Yeah. Very easy. Very convenient. Yeah. It's a great feature. Great. It's great. Did, did you guys do the web one as well? No, we stuck to the app. I think. The what? Yeah. What are you saying? The, the web, web one? Yeah. You don't know? We have. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, please tell so, everybody. <laughs> What? So that's where the 140 countries are. Come on, man. Um, oh, no. Well, we have, obviously, it, we haven't used that. We don't need to. Yeah, we have the yeah. app. That's no, you do. You do. Because there's other brands for U.S. there, as well as debit cards. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Yeah. We'll Justin's give you the list. Don't say, don't say the name. <laughs> okay, well, what? Explain it now. Wait, hold on, hold on. Let's let's go over this. We haven't so, used so the so the pay, pay on my app. I use it, you know, locally around here. I haven't checked yeah, out. Yeah, so that version has other right. vendors. Other vendors plus prepaid debit cards. Okay. Yeah, for the U.S. as well. So some big vendors, some very big name vendors, which are on the app or on the web. And in addition to those other vendors, there's debit cards as well. And I think uh, right. you can buy up to a Justin thousand uh, dollars debit card. Each debit card you can buy thousand dollars worth. Yeah, for each prepaid, it's a thousand bucks per card. Yeah, and you pay yeah. and you pay face value. You don't you pay face value. You're not going to pay like. Hundred and five percent, or you know, you're gonna pay a hundred percent. Yeah, that is amazing. So, I haven't used that yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You yeah, no, I know. You guys, you guys had introed it. Yeah, I haven't tried the. Uh, so you could essentially buy them anonymously, right? The the prepaid uh, debit cards. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's pretty anonymous. I mean, you put in your email address. Um, I mean, we have heard of. Some people having, I guess, one person so far that had to put everything in. But besides that, yeah. Okay. But, um, you know, and you can get a physical card as well for the debit card. So you can get a card mailed to you, and it's like $3 to get it mailed to you. And you get it in like 7 to 10 days. And you can have it loaded with, what's the amount, the max, you're saying? Like up, a thousand? up to 1000 Oh. Yeah, I'm, a I'm actually waiting for my physical one because I'm going to try to add it to... Apple Pay and Google Pay. It's not supposed to work, but I'm going to try it anyway. <laughs> yeah, this is not, sorry we didn't. Uh, well, I don't think we've had you on to talk about it, right? <clears throat> Justin, right? Did you guys come on Monero Talk or Monero to talk about this? I don't think. I think so, we right? came on for the first one. I think we came on for the app version one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we, we never we talked the about the, uh, the recent upgrade. I know you guys did a spaces on it. Uh, and I was yeah. more focused on the fact that it's now uh, it's now acceptable in other or usable in other countries, right? So, right, it's right. So it's yeah, it's a diff it's a little uh, different process than the app version. The app version, you, know, you get it delivered in your app and right. it gets saved in your app. But this is web based, and you get an email with a link. You get an email right. with a link, and you open that link, and your uh, you get your card. Yeah, I'm going to get one of those cards just so, you know, just to show off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Show check off. this out, family. <laughs> Told you. Yeah, it's real so this funny. is not cake. Yeah, so this is not cake branded, but we're working on uh, cake branded cards as well, as well as Merlot oh, cool. branded debit cards. Yeah. Nice. So Cute. when someone pulls out their black MX, you can pull out your Monero.com. Ah! Cool. That's awesome. Oh, awesome. That is actually really yeah. exciting. Um, and has anybody yeah. tried it? Has anybody gotten the card? I guess. Um, obviously, I mean, obviously, people don't tell us, but we can. We can. No, see anybody the here? I'm asking anybody here. Seth. Oh, anybody here? Well, no, Seth. That was we have moved on. I, I yeah, tried awesome. it. Yeah, there you go. Chill. Well, let's introduce. Chill. 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 Oh, sorry, yeah. I'm adding it actually to the Monerotopia workshop because it. To me, it was a big deal because cake pay is great to buy stuff from these restaurants. Mm -hmm. But then one issue I had, like at the gas station, you can't use Monero. And there's like places where you just can't use Monero, like postal services, whatever. 
And so this is kind of bridging that gap for me because now it's just like I can use Monero everywhere <laughs> and I don't need to ever leave cake to do it all. So it's yeah, so no, it's amazing. Tremendous. And especially in that's physical great. card form. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get the physical card, but uh, it, yeah, it's, it's just, you, you need to try it. It's super awesome. To have, have, you bought, have you bought gas with Monero effectively? Have you done, so you've done this? Well, you don't buy it with Monero. You buy yeah, the, the Visa card, card yeah. and then you, yeah, yeah. You've done that. That's amazing. Yeah. So that that's like, huge. I mean, Bitterfield. One of one of them had some kind of gas station option, but it was just one option. And you know, when you're driving around, you don't want to like have to drive to find this one particular gas station where you can use crypto. Mm-hmm. So this is just Let easier. Me ask you. Did you give the the visa number to the cashier and they and they punched it in? How did yeah. you use it? Uh, no, yeah. they they yeah. Because there there was no barcode or anything to scan. It's, no, no. You okay. you gave it's the card not, number and yeah. they typed it in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I didn't get the physical. I, I should order that, but I want to put that in the workshop so that people know. Okay, like this is how you live on Monero completely. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully it's I mean, not going to be affected. Yeah, what I found also is it depends on the cashier. Some cashiers don't know how to type it in, you know. Um, <laughs> that's happened to me as well. They're like, yeah, oh, nobody. Well, yeah, no one's sitting used there to doing like, that yeah, in this day and age. Yeah, that is it. That is that's, amazing. That's good though. to work for you. Yeah. So it is one of the thirty countries, Mexico. I think I had asked you. Guys, I forget what the answer 140, was. One hundred and forty. One hundred and one hundred forty countries, and Mexico is definitely one of them. So the one the one caveat for Mexico is that the card's USD denominated, not MXN denominated. So right. there's a two percent fee when you have to pay MXN. Just to be clear, <laughs> the exchange, yeah, the exchange rate fee. It's not oh, a okay. charge. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But okay, yeah, yeah, but it's picking up there. Yeah, we're we're sponsoring a show. Uh, we started sponsoring a a show in Mexico. Um, he, he was on the Twitter space a couple couple of days ago. Oh, who is and, it? Um, Aaron Bitvenue. Okay, we should have some word out about Monerotopia. Does he know? He's in Mexico City? Uh, I don't know where in Mexico he is, but uh, we met him at the Litecoin convention and signed him on. And oh, very like, cool. He, huge Monero fan. So I think because of his show, we're, we're seeing a lot of activity in Mexico now. Not That's in, amazing. Just in terms of download plus the cake pay cards, it's it's, uh, it's been good. Now, for using like when we say using in Mexico, you're getting that that on the app, right? Or is that only accessible by web? That's the web web. Oh, the app version is okay. only for US. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. When you guys just to be, that, that's not intentional. Like the only reason web exists is because this is the only way we could get it out quickly. Yeah, and I so we're gonna circle back around to bring all this stuff in a better form in the app while we're waiting on some some other people to catch up for us to be able to actually integrate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, it, and it's a different partner, and yeah, it's a different partner, and just the delivery is different. We just have to build it out. It'll take some time. I love it. Amazing. Yeah. Shit. Good. What's what's left? Paying rent. <laughs> Paying a mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> Paying a mortgage. That would be good. That would be good. Yeah. You pretty much got it covered. Is that your goal yeah. for twenty twenty three? Car payment. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. We were just making our 
or, or let me rephrase. I was making my wish list for 2023. <laughs> <laughs> and what else is on there, Vic? <laughs> Uh, but I think I think the mortgage would be good if we can. Uh, that would be amazing. Go to find out who the biggest one. Like go to I don't know who would do it. Some, who's the biggest mortgage provider in the U.S.? I guess Chase probably, right? Try to convince them to take Monero. Who knows? All right. Can, can, do they are they taking Bitcoin yet? Is that anybody doing that in that fashion? I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. That'd be huge. There you go. We'll have the same conversation next year. <laughs> Imagine. We'll see. If, uh... Wow. That would that'd be big. You, you guys can able... pull that off in 2023. Yeah. I'm making my car payments. Oh, that's a good one. Car payments. Yeah. <laughs> car payments. That's freaking awesome. That would be excellent. Yeah. Then we've got a bunch of other stuff on the list, which, you know, you, you know me, I don't like to announce before we actually launch, but uh, there's some cool stuff coming. You guys will be excited. Help Simon like... Arrow. Like what? No, like super cool. Like, can you give us a hint? Ooh, the suspense. Like what else is there? I mean, we spend Monero. What, is it, what, what does it have? Is, what, <laughs> does it make easier? The spending of Monero or? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, I, will, I, will, I will. It'll I be will, both. It'll be spending of Monero will be easier. Acquiring Monero will be easier. Trading will be easier. Trading will be more decentralized. Um, things like that. Ah, the trading, yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and more and more, as we know, with everything happened this year, and, and, and the Monero folks have known this for years, but just, you know, continuing to rely on centralized, even though our centralized partners have been amazing, you know, Change Now and Simple mm -hmm. Swap and all these, they've been great partners, they've been steady. Um, but I think, especially in the Monero world, a lot of people want a decentralized option. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. So wow, so you, you think that might happen in 2023? We might get that, some version of that going in cake? I think something will happen. I mean, I think with like a, a Havino type thing, which we, I don't want to say took over, but we kind of are involved in now, um, along with what, you know, Luke is doing with Sarai. I think mm -hmm. something should come out of it. Yeah. So exciting. Yeah, it is exciting times. Too bad Thorchain, right? Are they so? Are they completely, completely out of the adding Monero game, or is there some? Or is there? I think they want to. I think there's just, you know, there's lower hanging fruit they can go after. Hmm. Um, and and honestly, it goes beyond my technical understanding. But you know, um, you know, the Luke, the reason he went on to I thing because he feels with the. Um, Lockup time and, and, and the, uh, whatever the twenty-minute block thing for uh, for Monero, it's it's just not going to work on Thorchain. And again, this my non-technical understanding. Maybe Justin or Seth could probably answer that better than I could. So, I mean, we Justin and I chased Thorchain for two years. No, no. Talked to people no. often and did so much stuff. Even paid for some audits and things, but. And I don't, I don't blame them. There's other well-known coins out there that, that they're going after, and that's fine. You know, build out the platform more. Um, but I think Monero's time will definitely come at some someday. Yeah. yeah. If not, we'll have Vino and Sarai, you know. Yeah. I think their latest thing was that they weren't comfortable with the 
privacy of Monero <laughs> being on third chain. Right. But essentially, they they were scared right. of regulatory risk and decided that it, they didn't want to implement it and essentially said, if someone wants to fork oh. chain and do it, go for it. So yeah, and you, that was the failing in the, in the wake of Tornado Cash. They basically washed their hands oh, away and said, we don't want to touch things that do privacy. Yeah, they had a debate. Even, even a year and a half ago, they said to Justin and I, why don't you guys just work this? Hmm. But, yeah. yeah, they've been very noncommittal. Yeah, I'm surprised after their debate in the community that they decided to uh, collectively thought that, you know, it, it would be a better decision to stay away from privacy coins. That's that's pretty sad that that's what the Thor chain community represents. If you're in it for money and not decentralization and not uh, open access to privacy, it can, that, uh, it can turn quickly. Like a lot of <laughs> a lot of the true colors that people show when things like tornado cash happen. Uh, yeah. It puts a little yeah. bit of pressure, even if there's not actually pressure on them. It makes them start to think through, what do I really value here? Um, and I think, unfortunately, some projects decided that they really value more regulatory safety and money making rather than ensuring people have access to privacy tools. So, mm-hmm. thankfully, yeah, lots I- of others stood firm and spoke out and um, are staying strong. But yeah, it, it I think helps to clarify some of the wheat from the chaff. Exactly. Yeah, that guy Chad Barraford, he's a good dude. We've had him on a couple times, and he he, he was, was with you at yeah. Monerotopia. We're gonna try to get him down because he was he was fighting on the let's add Monero side, right? He was a, a big proponent of. I think so. It wasn't like a like there were people in the community on both sides, um, so it wasn't like a unilateral thing. But the overall, I think, decision from at least some of the leaders in the Thorchain community was bailing on Monero. But that, that's not to say that nobody in the community wanted to still list Monero and, and handle it. You would think they'd even want to do it just because, I mean, it gives it gives Thor changes a stronger use case too, right? Because now you're using this decentralized exchange to go in and out of Monero. I think you would have you would have quite a bit of volume going in there. I should message Luke and see if he's around. He can maybe give an update on. That's right. Luke. Oh yeah, get him on. He's probably working on it as we speak. <laughs> Yeah. Seth, New what what uh, <laughs> Seth, what what was your kind of best moment of 2022 for Monero? What are some of the things that uh, stick out for you? Mm. I don't know. There's a lot of good stuff. I mean, I loved that we got MoneroCon back on and had first year of Monerotopia. I mean, having like Monero specific events and places for us to gather and build community are so so important. So that was probably the highlight for me, being able to, to attend both and speak at both and um, just meet a ton of Monero people and just privacy focused people was an absolute blast. Um, so that was that was probably. I mean, obviously, hard fork was a big one too. I think we've all kind of forgotten <laughs> so that that happened and the process involved yeah. and the advantages now to, to wallet sync and all of the things that, that we gained from that and all the hard work put into it. But that hard work happened this year and um, I think it's been really helpful. I mean, I've noticed in just using cake wallet or Monero.com wallet, it's much more quick to sync now after the hard work. And it's, it's a, a lot better user experience on mobile for sure. Um, plus all the improvements to the apps themselves, but the network improvement is, has been big. So I think those are the, the big ones for me. Justin? Just, just have idea. <laughs> go, around go around the room. I mean, I, I have to agree. I think that the network upgrade was certainly one of the most important things we did. Um, it is probably going to be two years before the next one. So we have a bit of time now to 
sit back and, and plan what's what will happen um, specifically with the Jamtis and Seraphis implementations. And now the bullet the bulletproofs plus plus <laughs> implementation. You just keep adding another plus on the end. Um, but yeah, I mean, from my perspective, I spent a lot of this year working on KK for first mobile, then web, and it's it's going to continue through next year. So that that's been my big push is to make it. To answer the question, what can I do with Monero? I think much more people have a very straightforward answer to people now than they did a year ago. Nice. Nice. Andres. Andres. What was your Monero moment? Andres. Um, I would have to second Seth on this one, on the events. I think having two Monero events in one year and the two successfully I just, I, 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 I lost Monerotopia. <laughs> oh. I didn't have my visa on time. Um, I, I, I've been to Lisbon. It was such a good time that we have there. Seth was, was there. He can testify. Um, and it really, it was like a show of the nice things about the Monero community that I keep repeating everybody that doesn't know it, but Super clear and live. I see you both guys as well um, over there. Uh, that the 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 fork is a non-event, <laughs> luckily because everything went smoothly. So it's easy to forget about it. But it was big. Um, and I also think a good thing that that happened this year is the overall madness and bear market and. Crypto crisis, everything is going to hell. Treated Monero pretty well. And I think some people um, that were into Monero before got a bit interested because of that. Why is this coin not performing that bad? Uh, maybe it's not such a shit coin. Maybe. So I think that was a very... Not it's, it's nothing that we did, but but that we have we can take credit for. But I think it's a it's a nice thing that we see. This is we see we saw this year, and um, that's a good. Okay. Um. Yeah. I see. I don't know what happened. Okay. <laughs> we're still going live, right? Uh, no, I, I lost you on my computer. Yeah, because we're on two different computers. <laughs> Andres, uh, you think uh, you think we'll see you down at uh, Monerotopia this year? I don't know. It's in Mexico. Oh, oh, um, it's interesting. We, we literally moved, tried to move it closer to you, so you have no. <laughs> yeah, getting better every year. Should be like on your block. Come on, bro. I don't know if I'll I can pick walk you up. I'll drive you over there. I don't know if I'm able to walk. You have to come the other side of the equator. That would be easier. Come, come, um, man. Bring, bring no, no. some, bring, bring your people. I promise that will I will try my best. I think. Well, if if I want it like a very short speech, I think it's a great thing on the Latin community. I think Monero, not only in the use case that it provides, but also kind of culturally, is already pretty well aligned with 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 how money is understood in Latin countries. Mm -hmm. um, the way that we value privacy, the way the way that we value decentralization, and and all, even even the mining should be like doing it with commodity hardware, basically. With with uh, a lot of countries has restrictions on imports, like Argentina, for example, or they are 
crazy expensive and restricted. So being able to mine with just CPUs are great. So I think coming, getting, getting Monero, Monero content and Monero events closer to the Latin community is a great thing. So I hope I can witness that. Yeah. Um, even better if you can manage to add some, at least on a side stage, some uh, Spanish spoken content or talks. Yeah. Uh, for, to get local people interested in that. Uh, Mexico is a super important country in the, in the Latin sphere and Latin America in general. So it's like yep. Mexico, Brazil, Argentina, the, the, the big countries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the goals is, is the workshops, which Chill is helping us put together. And maybe if you, if you come, maybe you can help us out as well. Uh, we want to have like three levels and the first being a beginner level, uh, for the locals, people that have really have never even heard of Monero. And, you know, we'll give away whatever five, ten dollars worth of Monero and onboard people, get them to download, you know, Monero.com wallet or Monero.ju, uh, and, uh, teach them, teach them the basics. And we want to basically make it free for them to attend. So trying to get like, get the word out to the local community and just, <laughs> get people to kind of come into this marketplace uh that's a good policy if you if you if you 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 can stand there like at the door and if you talk spanish if you can manage to talk spanish you can enter for free <laughs> <laughs> well we'll have we won't give them access to the the, the talk area just because you know we, we don't okay. want to make that too chaotic but we're thinking the way this venue is it's kind of open up to the to the city anyway and there. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, it should, it should work. It should work well. So we could just kind of have people coming in from the city, coming into the area. They could hang out. Have you given market. details on the location already? Yeah. Did we give location? Yeah. Is that information yeah, yeah. out there? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That information's out there 100%. It's on the Meritopia.com. Oh, okay. um, yeah. In Mexico City. You need to talk more often between you two. I know, right? I know. I think we have just... That's my resolution. Yeah. Right? we got to hang out yeah. with Vic more. Monerotopia and Cake Pay. Just go between you two. Yeah, we have no idea. Too many things going on. But yes, Andres... Go ahead. I have a question for Andres, if you don't mind. Oh. Yeah. Um, did you see a couple of days ago, or maybe it was yesterday, I put out some download stats of countries for CakeWallet and Monero.com? Do you, yeah. do you like, for the Monero.com on Android, Brazil mm -hmm. was number two after the U.S., which I was kind of really surprised. And do you have any info like that on Monero? Not that I'm... Sincerely, I haven't checked in a while, but mm. I can check it now and I provide it to you in a couple of minutes. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm just curious. In the past, right it was like a US, uh, maybe I'm mistaking some ranking, but it was US, similar to yours, US, uh, Germany. The UK, okay. Australia, as well. Mm -hmm. Not many non non English speaking countries, for example. Yeah. Um, was like in detail. But I would yeah. check it right now. Yeah, because Monero.com and Android, I was really surprised. US was number one, fine. Then Brazil, Russia, India. 
UK, Indonesia, France, Ukraine, Nigeria. Probably the fact that it's Android has a lot to do with it as well. Let's try to bump yeah. it up in Mexico after Monerotopia, see if we see a, a bump in downloads. Yeah, I gotta talk to Bitvenue to get on it. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So yeah, Andreas, you should uh you should definitely attend, man. You could give it you know, welcome to give a talk if you'd like. Um anything on Monerusia you wanna you wanna bring up? Like what was your kind of highlight this year, twenty twenty two, with developments in Monerusia? Um sorry, I have a few stats here, just because Vic asked. United States, uh, as I said, Thailand, Germany, Netherlands, Iran, Slovakia, even Mexico, Ukraine, Italy, United Kingdoms. But but what I, what we have noticed, and it's still as it was like a year ago, that the states were big, and then everywhere, basically, you have like a top five. The following, um, the following, I can share like the, the, the numbers afterwards. But the, the following four or five countries is way smaller than the U.S. But the other category, basically the rest of the world, is as big as the U.S. So it's basically like half and half, the U.S. and the rest of the world. Yeah, Everyone. yeah, we saw that as well initially. You know, a couple of years ago was. You know, like 70% US and other countries are 30. But now it's maybe down to all the downloads, like 40% or 50% US. Yeah. And so that means it's spreading more worldwide. Yeah. That's exciting. And, and we that's had good. a lot of that's like organic. Con- mm-hmm. Sorry. Now we had a lot of organic contributions to the languages, the translations of the apps. So maybe that's just one guy <laughs> or girl doing it. But what we saw interest. From from in Japanese and several other like languages, um, and one of those was, was Thai. So now it makes sense that we have that. Uh, in Monerusia land, uh, we this year was was big on on the whole funding stuff that we got near the beginning of the year as well for many future uh, features. And what we have been doing most of the year is basically working on that with a with a bit of of pause. <laughs> with the whole money, uh, MoneroCon happened. Um, but, but yeah, that, that we'll be working all, all year on that. And I'm supposed that several of the features that we were funded were going to come out next year. Mm-hmm. Oh, in there, you have the iOS app, the Psychic, and all stuff like that, Pocket Change. And awesome. we'll be working on a couple of small, um, Small features that nobody asked for <laughs> because that's the way we actually do see, things. Um, and probably most people won't care, but it is fun to geek out. <laughs> what are those things? <laughs> you will see probably, you will see probably very soon. Okay. It makes, it, it actually makes no sense, but <laughs> it works. In, 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 in zero, it works in 0.0001% of use cases. If you are like a, I told people that I've been using the, the command line wallet. People like Justin seem surprised that I haven't done it before. That's mm-hmm. a good thing about monitor adoption. I didn't need to before. Mm-hmm. So I'm testing like a very strange fringe case. I had to use the command line and I felt like a hacker. 
<laughs> Don't tell people, I actually put hacker music in the background to do it. <laughs> just because, like, you just had the Matrix thing playing in the back in the background behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm on talking, but yes, it's, it's kind of like get a hoodie on and the <laughs> fox mask. <laughs> I would put a hoodie on if it wasn't so hot here. It's like 34 degrees. See, but, but yeah, I gotta try that. So I know you don't need to, but I've always been the person to prefer it. <laughs> Luke, what's Hello. up, man? Nothing much. Just thought I would say hi. Some uh, bald dude invited me here. Said there would be <laughs> cake. <laughs> <laughs> That was not we'll there. get there. Definitely kids okay. with your, your hair and your CD players. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> as part of the Baldwin Syndicate, I take that as a personal offense. Ah! You, don't, you don't do that. Hey, I was the one. Ca- I was calling Big Bald. Okay, it was nothing against you about you, Andres. <laughs> no, I know, but but it, it's actually like a it's like an unspoken syndicate of Baldwin people. Yeah, <laughs> we stand for each other. Stick together. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <now. laughs> Exactly. And then you have Arctic Mine with this dog-given his hair. Yeah, hair. Is yeah. amazing lot. <laughs> Arctic Mine. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was actually a, a couple of interesting things. I, I noticed the um, uh, impact of retail sales. You, you could try to detect the impact of retail sales um, by looking at a surge in uh, transaction activity on certain days of December. So that was really interesting. Um Basically, you're expected to fall drastically on Christmas Day, mm-hmm. and then you're expected to peak earlier in the in the month. So that was kind of an interesting uh, uh, thing. And I'm, basically, it's part of what you do for uh, to try to understand, um, like Visa is about sixteen times mm-hmm. what what they see from the peak to the to the regular, and it actually has an impact on scaling, on how you design the scaling in Monero. So mm-hmm. that was kind of really interesting. So you're saying you're saying we did see that we saw what? Well, you saw an indication of it. it, it, it uh, I looked. At, if you just looked at the um, transaction rate, and you actually superimposed Bitcoin Cash on top of it, and I got a co- total correlated statistics uh, that there was a small, there was a, a drop on Christmas Day, and also uh, a peak just before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then another another uh, 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 peak in early December. It's not as pronounced as what you get with credit cards mm-hmm. because we have a lot of trading activity and investing activity, etc., going on in Monero, which is not retail. But it, you can see the inklings of it on the actual, um, you know, average transaction number of transactions per day on the blockchain. Beautiful. So, Arctic, what do you what do you think? What's your prediction for 2023 with regards to transaction count? What what do you think we what do you expect we might see? I I mean I was actually we've seen a flat transaction count basically for for the last uh, one and a half years. Mm-hmm. So I would not be surprised if we see a significant increase. Um, historically, we were seeing like a two to three time gain a year for a period of time, and then it kind of flattens out, and then you you see the upward trend. Um, I would, especially if it's any kind of movement in price. And by the way, I completely agree with um, uh, Body on this because he's, he sees Monero as a strong coin. I mean, I'm a, fundamentally, I think it's the only one that's viable, if you ask me, and it's not because of privacy. <clears throat> so that's another story. But 
Um, yeah, as he, if the market starts to get down to back to fundamentals, and I think it has to, then Monero is going to have to uh, make a move. Uh, price wise. That's just how I see it on the fundamentals. And Bodies analysis will seem to support a lot of the technical indications in that respect. And do you think we'll see dynamic block size in, in action in 2023? I probably. I mean, it's possible. I mean, we saw it for a while. I was expecting it sooner because we've had flat transaction rates. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's definitely possible. Um, a lot depends on what happens. I mean, uh, if you saw 2016, when there was a sudden move in adoption, and in, in uh, it went from like uh, it was like up easily. Part of 2016, we had like a 20, 30 time uh, increase in transaction activity. Well, that would definitely put it into the dynamic block size. Awesome. Yeah, so it's definitely the case. It's it's always very interesting because you're trying to look at when you're a dynamic block size, you should see a spike in December. Uh, if you get more and more retail, we should see a spike in December, which is actually has to be done as a search on the median. So this is one of the things that I was looking at because it's, it involves fine tuning the, 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 the search capability in the, in the short term median, actually, to be honest. The ability of the, of the network to suddenly increase 16 times in, in, um, in transaction activity over a relatively short period of time, like a couple of weeks or something like that. And then drop back down again. I was, uh, are you, I'm sure you're familiar with the, with John Nash. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he wrote uh, a paper on ideal money. Are you familiar with that? I've heard about it. Yeah. Cause I was just listening into a Bitcoin spaces the other day and they're hypothesizing how, uh, John Nash might be Satoshi. Um, and how he, you know, was thinking of all these ideas and, uh, it was interesting because he, he, you know, one of the things he talked about is how the inflation should asymptotically approach zero. But I was just curious if you had, if you had, uh, familiar with his paper at all or any of his well, No, I'm not familiar with the, the inflation argument. My, my argument with, uh, tail emission and it's, it's a necessary thing that you have to have at that level in order to secure the coin as, as opposed to the macroeconomic argument. Of is it a good thing to have a dis- disinflationary coin? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is what Monero is. Because basically what you actually get in Monero is not disinflation. What you will get in Monero is going to be a steady, a, a constant number of coins. Because the reason what happens is you get an equilibrium between lost coins and the tail emission. And that's the analysis that, um, Peter Todd did based on uh, Javier Smooth, which was one of the core team members' original analysis on the subject. And he actually wrote a very interesting uh, paper on this. Mm-hmm. And basically, you project that with a tail emission, you get this equilibrium between uh, lost coins and the emission. So you have sort of a nominal money supply, which is what is being printed, what is being created uh, through the protocol. But then the real money supply is lower because of these lost coins that cannot be recovered. Mm-hmm. But the problem I have with Bitcoin and at the most basic level is that it's it's not they have not addressed the fundamental flaws with it. I mean it's just fundamentally flawed in my opinion because of the falling block reward. Mm-hmm. And the more I look at it, the more I, I get the same result. 
Yeah, I think you're starting to see that be spoken about more in the Bitcoin community. It used to, I think it used to kind of be completely ignored, but now I'm starting to see more. Obviously, Pete, you're Todd, but you're seeing more people talk about this. But it's a, the problem is it's a painful realization because if, and I, you know, what, what I'm basically saying is this thing is fundamentally flawed unless you break the most critical covenant, which is the 21 million block, uh, Bitcoin limit, then you're going to have a security problem. I mean, nobody wants to hear this. Yeah, they really backed themselves into a corner with doubling yeah. down on the fact that the most important thing about Bitcoin is that it's capped at 21 million. Like, exactly. <laughs> so now you've got the most sacrosanct <laughs> right. social covenant being its fundamental design flaw. Right, right. I mean, oh, it's right. like, and then you come in and you try to talk about it. And of course, you know, you get really negative responses from people. Yeah. I mean, because what I'm telling you is you're, Three hundred billion dollar asset. It's fundamentally flawed at a critical protocol level. Right. I mean, not infinity divided by twenty-one million. If the system doesn't work. Right, and the other problem is, it's it's every other coin, with the exception of Monero, has copied it. Dogecoin had by accident a a television, and uh, but then we need to prove a stake, apparently, from what I've heard. So. Oh well, yeah, I, I would just, I'll send you the, the John Nash thing. I was just curious what your opinion was because yeah. he, he talks about it from an economic standpoint, not from the, the standpoint of having a, a blockchain that, that's self-sustaining, but just from an economic standpoint for you don't, you don't encourage too much hoarding, you know, uh, and you meet that balance of it being valuable enough where people want to hoard it to some degree, but where they also want to spend it is basically what. No, no, and it's a very legitimate conversation on its own right, but it's fundamentally different from the one that I'm approaching, which is this question of the thing is any even viable from a security perspective. Mm-hmm. As opposed to we said a good thing to have inflation or disinflation or a small amount of inflation or no inflation or um that's a different argument entirely. Right. Uh, um that I see it a different yeah. I was just surprised when I read because I was like, wow, no, I was like, because the Bitcoiners were talking about how John Nash, you know, he's whatever, a beautiful mind, smartest man in the world, and maybe he's Satoshi. And meanwhile, I, they were interpreting their, their own paper incorrectly because he was talking about it, that it should asymptotically approach zero in terms of inflation. And I brought this up in their conversation and they, they, they weren't having it. I'm like, it literally says it there in black and white. Um, Luke. What's going on, man? What's the, what's the update on Sarai? Uh, we've actually made a lot of progress recently. I think when we last talked, I was mainly focusing on the Monero library, which I am still very, very proud of. But now what we're actually discussing is getting our cryptography audited. I mean, we actually have the audit lined up for that. Uh, we're hoping to have a demo within a couple of weeks. And once we have that demo, we're going to start running our first networks and with our first networks, start poking at wallets to get, you know, some initial code done, some initial integrations. So there's actually a lot happening and a lot moving forward here. Very exciting. Uh, do, you, do you have more people working on the project? Or are, you, are you getting more contributors? Uh, we actually have had a few people volunteer, which has been great. And then personally, I've also brought on some developers so it's a mix, yeah. Now I, I know you you probably hate 
questions like these, what, 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 what do timelines look like? What can we expect to, you know, what was so, All right. We're hoping to have a, we're hoping to have a demo in a few weeks, as in roughly two weeks, you'll be able to see Monero leave a wallet and get sent into the protocol, the protocol to a swap and send out Bitcoin. That's our goal for a couple of weeks. Oh, and, amazing. Right. Yeah. It's obviously taking a lot of shortcuts to get there. There's uh, quite a few caveats I could leave, but we're actually hoping to hit the demo phase within a couple of weeks. And then about that, we're looking at what we call ProtoNet, short for prototype net. And that means, yeah, I'll be able to run a node. We'll poke some other people to run a node and we'll actually start working as a network. While there will be a bunch of caveats, yeah, sure, one person could probably walk in and cause whatever havoc they want. We actually will represent a decentralized signing process and a decentralized, you know, accepting Monero process. And from there, we can start building up to testnet. Beautiful. Save, save something juicy for Monero Tokyo that you could, uh, that you could reveal in May. <laughs> Is this for your sound bite that I can regret in 10 years? <laughs> it's going to haunt you. <laughs> Um, all right. I think we'll, I think we're going to have Tony jump up. I was uh, just waiting for him to jump on. Okay. Cause we didn't do the news, but we'll have him, uh, just bring up some of the. And I think he wants the, to say hello from Romania. Uh, okay. He wants to say hello from Romania, but he can bring up some of the events of the week. We could close out the year with that. Just waiting for him to come on, guys. Okay. <laughs> Keep chatting. <laughs> He's been waiting patiently on the sideline. <laughs> Luke, you excited to come down to Mexico? Uh yeah, it's always good. well. Wow, no, it's always <laughs> We're not Mexico specifically wasn't my preference, but I'll note that the thing about Mexico isn't the fact that it's Mexico. It's getting together with all the people I know and love from the Monero community and getting to talk about it without getting kicked out of the dinner table. So yeah, yeah that's a, I'm very excited for it. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's a definite yes. Yes. Is Tony jumping on? Um, I get, I don't know what happened. He was waiting, and now he's kind of disappeared. So okay, we'll, okay, okay. We'll... Uh, Luke, what in your mind? Obviously, you know you're working on Surface. That's tremendous. But what did you see as one? You know, some of the the bigger developments in Monero this past year. Things that that got you excited. Uh, I've kept an eye on Surface, and I've had plenty of thoughts on it. I haven't directly contributed yet. Um, but Seraphis really does represent the future of Monero. It's a... Oh, yeah, Sarai is what I'm doing. (laughs) But for Seraphis specifically, it's a modular protocol that I have a lot of faith in and a lot of belief. I think we're going to end up with quite a few discussions on what comes after Seraphis. And I think I would say ZK um, Snarks, or technically not ZK Snarks, depending on what argument of academia you want to go down to, but basically complete and total spending privacy, not using a ring, not using uh, the membership proof that Seraphis will likely ship with, but saying, I am any one of these outputs from the blockchain. And I think that's truly going to be great in the discussions for next steps afterwards. Mm-hmm. And we'll have to see how those go. Um, obviously, yes, I'm also excited for my own work, Sarai, you know, doing the most to remove trust or remove trust from swaps and allow anyone to enter Monero. Awesome. Yeah. Um, any, anything else that stuck out as like, uh, got you excited about Monero this year? 
If we want to go back, instead of talking about what's in the future, but in the past, uh, I've actually really appreciated view tags because they're dead simple and they kind of just sit there. But at the same time, they massively improve the efficiency of scanning transactions. And they're just one of the things that puts Monero is not just diehard privacy, but also user accessibility and making sure that privacy is accessible to everyone. Beautiful. Arctic Mime, yeah, I don't think we really asked you this question. What, what was like kind of the big, big yeah. moments for you in 2022 with regards to Monero? Well, for me, it was basically the um, issue 70 and the fact that we can have stable fees uh, in uh, in getting the uh, long term median as the kind of the free zone. That was the big thing for me because that's I, I, a it was what I was working on, but what it does is it prevents the scenario of the COVID scenario where you suddenly have a sudden drop in activity because of a, a pandemic, your fees don't sky, go sky high, which actually was a problem before. And the scenario, classic scenario is, uh, and I think Coy, when he raised the issue, was uh, let's say you're at 100 times our, our transaction activity and a pandemic comes along. Oh, he didn't use a pandemic as an example, he used something else, but then COVID came along right away. Uh, and so what happens then is your transaction rate goes down and the fees skyrocket. Price hasn't changed. And that was a major problem that was resolved. And that was, uh, added in the hot fork in, uh, in, in, in this year. So that was the big thing for me. Okay. Uh, I just want to put the word, anybody that wants to jump up on stage. You want to say hello? Say Please your do. favorite Monero moment of the year. On StreamYard, we're referring to people on StreamYard. Not the people in Spaces. Not yet. the people in Spaces. <laughs> Sorry, Spaces people. You just listen in. If you guys want to jump on? Come on to StreamYard. Stoic, I see you hanging out there. If you want to jump on, join say a the, quick hello. Join the StreamYard link. Um, is Tony jumping on? Yeah, he's uh, in the process of turning on his computer. Barely. <laughs> <Okay. on>. Apparently... <laughs> he was like waiting okay. for a while, and <laughs> now. <laughs> well, we're ready for him. Yeah. He's now we're not ready, but I guess uh, anyone on stage. Any anybody celebrating New Year's right now? Please, please jump on. Oh yeah, that would be nice. I doubt. I doubt. I, I doubt we might have. It. Anyone that's listening. Where is it? New Year's right now. Where where, where are we heading right now? Uh, I don't know. I gotta check. New Year's Eve now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like for me, it's like uh, just before ten in the morning. On New Year's Eve. Okay. Because we're, uh, I'm, you know, I'm West Coast of North America, so we're kind of one of the last to celebrate. Not the last, but I'm on the last. Yeah, yeah. Well, All right, I think, uh, yeah, that's when ready. Tony's ready? I was <laughs> like, I literally have nothing left to talk about. I mean, the year's over. I think we covered it all. But oh, we'll, no. get, we'll get Tony up here? Yeah, we'll get Tony right. up here. I don't know. I think some people have to leave that are on. I think Vic said he has to go. Do you okay. want to say goodbye quickly, Vic? Vic. Before you say bye bye, or yeah. okay, well, anyways, <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry, he's, he's, he's walking things. away. Yeah, like, I'm done. So, uh, happy new year, uh, to everybody. I think 2023 is going to be great for uh, for Monero and, and, and all of us. Uh, so I'm pretty excited, and uh, it's really a pleasure to know all of you. Seriously, it's uh, it's, it's a great community we have. Um, we work together. We work against each other, and it's 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 wonderful. So, I value all of you and uh, and everyone that's listening. That's great. 
Thanks, guys. Oh, and so sweet. Cheers, man. <laughs> cheers. Yeah. Cheers. I was drinking before, so. It's <laughs> like now the emotions come out. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Crying <on air. laughs> uh, So, well, Selena, let me know about tonight. Yes, we'll do. We'll do. We'll okay. uh, text you after right. the show. But thank you for yeah. joining us. Say hello to yep, everyone. Definitely. Take care of Hey, we'll see you later. Okay. Right, we'll see you later. Yeah. All righty. Uh, let's move on to the news segment quickly. And now for our weekly news segment. Do I was trying to keep you, but I guess you need to leave. Andres, you going to run? <laughs> yes, I, I should leave as well. To go eat. <laughs> 3, 3 p.m. here. I'm going getting ready eat for your lunch. tonight. Yes. Oh, I eat my lunch first, but then I have to prepare stuff. Enjoy. I'm sure you'll be celebrating with all the millions of Argentinians on the street still. Yeah. I don't expect that, that many fireworks because I don't think there are many left yeah. at this stage. But <laughs> for <laughs> we all the Everybody's tired from celebrating. Know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's just another day. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably it's just like, oh, yeah. Happy New Year. Just <laughs> 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 be collapsing. <laughs> yes, collapsing from too much celebration. So, yes, yes again. Enjoy. Uh, Happy New Love Year to coming. everybody. Some people are already leaving the future. I don't know, Australia, stuff like that. Probably is the new year. Um, so, that Feliz Año Nuevo for the Spanish. Yes, for the Spanish community over there. It's a big community. Or Spanish speaking. Or Spanish community. <laughs> yeah, it's not the same thing. It's not the mm-hmm. same. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for the Spanish speaking community. So, yeah. Happy New Year! Yes. Happy New Year! I hope yes. I wish I wish everybody the best year. And if even if you don't, if you even if you're not like super look colder or stuff, find yourself a little Monero project for the, for next year. You can draw, you can write, you can sell coffee, you can do whatever. Find yourself something to do. There's it helps the community. It helps everybody. Uh, don't be afraid. And good luck with it. Don't be afraid and good luck. <laughs> good, good advice. <laughs> good advice. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Anybody that ever, you know, that's working on a new Monero project, you could always reach out to us, jump on this show. Happy to yeah, happy talk to about what you're platform. working on. Yeah, to talk about it and just share your thoughts. All right, man. Feelings. Okay. Thanks for me on. All right. Happy New Year. Bye. Happy New Year. Ciao. Have a good one. Take care. Thank you for joining us. All righty, Mr. Tony. Thank you for patiently waiting. Tony, happy going? new year, man. Happy new year. Happy new year. Hey, guys. Thank you for... Where are you at? Uh, in the cabin, like 40 minutes away from cabin. my hometown. <laughs> Sounds nice and cozy. Yeah, it's actually like, it's actually super warm outside. Usually okay. it's in the negatives, but today's in the plus. Usually it's like super cold. It's, oh, wow. Yeah. What uh, time is it over there? Uh, Eight. Okay. Okay, so you're getting closer. Yeah, oh, wow. Time. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So, so please, take it away. I think you're the closest we've had to somebody near New Year's. Near New Year's. Anybody, anybody close? And you're to doing it. the New Year, you're the news until the New Year's. <laughs> oh, my God. No. I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> all righty. Let's uh, have you. Yeah, you can just bring up like uh, yeah, just don't go one crazy. or yeah. Yeah, like three of the top stories this, week. this week. Yeah. And then maybe we can just yeah, get yeah, feedback yeah. from. Uh, Everybody else on stage. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, well, I think I'll go over all of them, but on some I'll just say it really fast, and then okay. <laughs> they're all good. Um, also, I'm a couple of drinks deep, so oh, sorry. whoa, celebrating! Uh, good. Uh, uh. <laughs> Happy New Year, Tony. <laughs> Happy New Year. Good night. 
<laughs> okay, let's get into it, guys. Um, firstly, I want to mention uh, the U.S. might need to ban crypto, says Banking Committee uh, Chief. U.S. Senator and Chairman of the Senate Banking Co uh, Committee, uh, Sherrod Brown, spoke on Sunday about what actions regulators need to take after the implosion of, of FTX. And um, it's interesting how they've forgotten, because this year happened, happened so many things. We had Luna, uh, so many dif different implosions, but they only mentioned FTX. And after FTX, they really upramped all these regulations. Um, and then he said over here, he suggested that crypto may be something that ought to be banned, if not for the risk of sending the industry offshore. Then he talks about banning crypto and uh, how SBF, FTX, former and disgraced boss, used political favor and donations to create an, an illusion of credibility around himself, presenting a flaw within the current political system. Um, and overall, he claimed the FTX collapse represents just one large part of the dangers of crypto, which includes uh, Ponzi schemes, poor consumer protections, and national security threats, obviously. Um, and among those threats are Korean cyber criminals, uh, drug trafficking, human trafficking, and terrorist financing, of course. Um, but if we go below, it actually mentions, um, let me see where it, it is, because uh, that was actually interesting. Uh, where's that quote? Wait, okay, I can't, I can't find, oh yeah, okay. Uh, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell has clarified that he has no intention to ban crypto. So, they're trying to ban crypto and it might work uh, for some of them because they're centralized, but how are you going to do it to Monero? Um, so, it's going to be interesting what they're going to do uh, in the coming year to ban crypto and the effect that it's going to have on, on Monero. And Good story, yeah. We got to. We'll, we'll have to do a Monero talk on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, now I want to mention something that is going to thrive uh, through this ban that is coming in the U.S., which is the Monero Market.io, <laughs> and uh, it's something new um, that I've seen, and it's really interesting because they offer services, uh, products. Um, and it's priced in Monero and then also in, in dollars. So you can buy honey for $15, which is 0 0.1 Monero. And if we click on it, let's see how it looks like. Now you can add the card, you can message, uh, Kutch T, which is the seller <laughs> <laughs> of, uh, the honey. And it's the best quality Slovak honey bee farm located in the Ooh. national park. Hmm. Interesting. I love it. Yeah, so um, there's actually a lot of stuff. Electronics. Let's go to electronics real quick. Oh, Xbox. You can you can buy Nintendo Switch. I you can buy iPhone Five. Um, a TV. You can even buy a TV. So you can buy a lot of stuff. Uh, pretty cool. It's basically like a Craigslist. So it's easy. To, it's easy to post as a vendor. Create your own. Yeah, but I want. I wonder what kind of escrow system they use because, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of hard to trust. Yeah, anybody <laughs> for Monero Market that's uh, listening out there wants to jump on and talk about who, do you know who's running the project? There's been a couple of attempts so far at this concept, obviously, but nothing's gained good traction yet. I think this guy, XMR808, I think it might yeah. be him. Submitted my service. 
bullish on the on his website. Yeah, so I think that it's this guy. So if we want to get in touch with him, uh, I'll be him. <laughs> I think. Uh, but let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, Monero users urging followers to pull coins from Binance. Uh, which is something that we've been talking about this whole year because the Binance constantly uh, suspends withdrawals and enables them again. So it just keeps doing that. And on the 25th of December, on Christmas Day, a Reddit user named Dr. Antarctica announced that Binance has restarted uh, withdrawals of Monero on the Binance platform, though it may be, it might be temporary, of course. <laughs> this kind of, again, like I think at least once a month they suspended it, they re enable it. Um, so this is nothing new. And if we go to uh, this post by Crypto Morpheus, uh, Moneroi actually is starting to store the Binance withdrawal status for Monero in a chart. So if you go on this chart, it actually plugs in um, zero for disabled, meaning the withdrawal is disabled or one for enabled and uh, on a specific period that it's uh, been enabled or disabled. So this is pretty cool and it's interesting because now you can actually see it live, how many times uh, Binance has uh, uh, stopped withdrawals. So uh, it's really interesting. And now moving on, I want to mention Atomic Swaps and uh, they're incentivizing new contributions with bounties. So if you do want to, uh, they, need, uh, they need help for XMR to Bitcoin Atomic Swaps and if you want to help bring it to production, uh, we need more people to contribute. So make sure that you um, go on this link and uh, click on <laughs> this link <laughs> and then um, you can you can see how you can help. Um, and it'll be a good way to start 2023 with a good cause. Only got a couple left. Uh, CakePay, Cake Mobile, release the volume um, for the month. Um, I think this was for just like the whole year, actually. And Monero is at 82%, Bitcoin is at 16 and Litecoin is at, <laughs> at 2%. So um, not a lot of people use Litecoin. Most of the people use uh, use Monero for CakePay. Uh, so I think a lot of people are introduced to CakePay through uh, Monero. Then if you want to go to Monero Dance, uh, it's a new news website and you can find a lot of things, including Monero Talk. And you can see all the Monero Talks that we've had on the show. Uh, NeuroChan News, uh, Nero Research, Nero Standard, uh, Nero Moon. So basically, yeah, I like this one. This keeps everything. It's it's cool. a good overview of yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah it's like everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah they even have our uh, Telegram on here. <laughs> who's who's nice. doing Monero dance? Yeah, we'd Monero love dance. to get them to jump up and do it. <laughs> the Monero yeah. dance. <laughs> Monero dance. Uh, love it. I'm not sure. I think I've had. Um, I think. I, I saw it on Reddit, and then I just clicked on the link and exited Reddit. But I think it was from Reddit. I'm not sure, but I can find a person. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm jump yeah, up maybe I can jump on, I yeah. guess. <laughs> cool. Then um, a meme posted by John Post. <laughs> guys literally were really? only one on the thing. <laughs> this thing. Guys literally only. It was funny. Uh, this one, three commas. Uh, we, of course, we couldn't end the year without another hack. We've had ha all this year. We've had hacks, uh, all things happening across the space, and three commas actually has been hacked. Um, Ten thousand of the keys um, of private keys has been um, uh, released, and an anon anonymous uh, Twitter user has obtained around one hundred thousand so far. 
only 10,000 has been leaked and uh, essentially he's going to publish more. Um, so of course we couldn't end the year without another hack. Um, and then I want to mention Turkish Central CBDC and the fact that they ran the first CBDC tests. Um, wait, hold on. <laughs> They're partying um, <laughs> um, so the Central Bank of Turkey has conducted the first tests of its Turkish uh, digital lira, and um, in the beginning of the year, it didn't really seem uh, like CBDC was coming that this soon. But CBDC is coming sooner than you might think. You know, they they project in 2028, 2026. But look at Turkey in the first quarter of 2023. This uh, Central Bank of Turkey will continue small-scale closed-loop application pilot tests conducted with technological stakeholders. The test results will be made public, and in 2023, the, the Turkish digital lira will move to the advanced stages where the central bank will conduct pilot tests with broad participation, including banks and financial technology companies. So, <laughs> make your moves. Expect, yeah, expect CBDC coming in 2023, and I'll make a point to this uh, actually in a bit. Uh, then I want to talk, we know about this, we know that uh, Bitcoin mining, that two Bitcoin mining pools command more than 53% of Bitcoin's total hash rate, specifically one called Npool sitting at 21.9% and Foundry USA at 31.4%. And if you add um, F2 pool, I think it's sitting something like 67% in only three pools. Does it really look uh, decentralized? Not really. So going going back to a ban, which one do you think could be banned um, um, easier, Monero or a Bitcoin? Something to, to think about. And then I want to mention Italy. If you wanted to move to Portugal, if you wanted to move to Italy because they had no uh, <laughs> uh, capital gains tax on crypto, you might think again uh, because they just approved the 26% capital gains tax on uh, crypto, the tax in the works since earlier this year will be Levite and profits in excess of 2,000 um, euro. And lastly, I want to mention uh, that Lark Davis actually um, released a video on uh, Monero. He explained it in, in under 60 seconds and he has 1 million followers. So uh, definitely a huge, huge reach. And um, it's interesting how he uploaded it like two days before uh, the new year. So. It's, um, it's a good way to start. And what I do want to mention is um, there's so many things that happened this year, including the war and uh, within crypto, um, everybody's probably demoralized. I'm not sure how 2023 is going to be. I, I just hope that everybody's going to be, that all of us are going to be uh, stronger. I don't think it's necessarily going to be a better year. Uh, I mean, we're looking at a recession, you know, and uh, I just hope that we are going to be stronger to withstand what's coming. And uh, I think that we're going to see a huge adoption of, of Monero coming in 2023. So, All sorry, right. guys. Um, <laughs> that was good, sorry. One thread really quick. <laughs> yeah, appreciate that. But, um, um, yeah, go ahead. Awesome, man. Yeah, let's, we, we got Stoic that jumped up. We could talk about some of these topics. I guess so. I think some of the bigger ones that you, you know, regulation. Yes. Um, CBDCs. That, that, that's big. Uh, Arctic Mine, man. What, what, what do you think? Uh, potential banning of, of crypto in, in the U.S. or in the West. 
you think it's getting more serious or it's just a bunch of uh, I don't know, hogwash? People aren't, aren't serious. A bit of both. Um, I think a, a, a ban of crypto could produce a significant legal backlash, uh, particularly in a place like the United States or the European Union. Um, I think there's a lot of, that's what I see happening. So yeah, there could be an attempt on it, but it also could be significant. Uh, uh, it could, and, and it's, it's gonna end up in the courts if, if that's attempted. Uh, at a constitutional level in the United States, and I also suspect a similar situation in the EU. But it's a lot of a repeat of what we saw in the 90s with encryption. It's the same sort of thing. Do you think this year we see things really heat up in that regard? I'm not sure. I, 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 that it could happen. Uh, in one way or the other. Um, the whole FTX thing is being played by certain elements. That's less than crypto. Let, um, Elizabeth Warren bill was a good example of this, this kind of stuff. But it's also exposed a major failure in the uh, centralized uh, financial institution system because basically the failure of FTX was essentially a failure of a centralized institution, not a failure of crypto. So it's a, it's a pretty thin argument to try to ban crypto on the basis of FTX. In fact, it's going to, uh, I actually expect more blood in the centralized exchanges side. I wouldn't be surprised if something else goes under. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my thing about it is it's a, we're going to have to go back to the fundamentals. And the fundamentals are uh, Monero's an incredibly strong fundamental. Uh, and that's what we're going to have to come back to. So, yeah, I'm very bullish on Monero. I'm very, fairly bearish on Bitcoin and pretty bullish on most of the cryptos. Wow. So that's wow. how, that's where I see the situation. I see, uh, because fundamentally, most cryptos don't work for what they claim to do. And eventually, reality is going to come out, it's going to catch up with hype, and that's going to have to rebalance itself in the market. Cause. And, wow. And that's when it happens. It's not going to be pretty. I can tell you right now. But uh, maybe maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year. But what, it could what happen. The, the market could stay irrational longer. What, what's the, what's the expression? It's a highly irrational. Market. You could stay solvent, right? Like so the, well, the best what you right. it, it takes for for the market, the crypto market, to become rational. If you if you are not leverage. If you're sitting in an asset, you don't have debt, and you hold an asset with strong fundamentals, you can sit and wait. Mm-hmm. And when it blows, it blows. And then you make money. It's <laughs> simple. I mean, uh, it's simple not complicated. Exactly. It's as simple as that. I mean, it's, it's that simple. I mean, you just sit back, do nothing, get right. on with your life, right. and wait for things to blow. And when it blows, then you come and harvest. Then you come and harvest. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, what else can you do? And people could be there. I mean, I, I remember in 2012, uh, this fellow, uh, pirate at 40, friend Von Chevers, decided to short Bitcoin to the tune of 500,000 Bitcoins. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the antidote to that? Well, you buy your Bitcoins, you take delivery, you set away for it to blow up. That's it. Short of 500,000 Bitcoins. 500,000. That's insane. Stoic, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. Happy New Year. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Good to see you. You too, Tony. It's been a while. <laughs> hey, Stoic. I do want to mention, uh, 
the Monero standard is coming. The podcast <laughs> is coming along. This is crazy because we talked about this book in, I think, April or May. And um, I don't think you even started. And we we're thinking about, you know, we should need a book, we need a book. And then you're like, all right, I'm on the first page. <laughs> now <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah, you do need to send just... me the, um, the book. I need to read it. Yeah, I haven't finished it yet. Obviously, I'm still proofreading yeah. it. Um, probably about 25% of the way through proofreading. But it's one of those things, you know, um, like it's probably expected in the next, uh, I don't know, I'm just saying like a month for just to throw a date out there because it's kind of likely time. But yeah, 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 the most important thing is just making sure the book's good. That's nothing could be more important to me than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't rush it. Of course. But um, What I do want to mention um I think it's important that we have um, so many, we have a lot more resources for Monero, for people to find Monero, and um, which helps a lot of beginners and people are gonna, and especially like Stoic's book, I mean, you know, um, a beginner can pick it up and just read it and learn about Monero. Um, so it's, it's really good to see that. And um, it's just, in a way it's kind of sad that we have this whole space of, of crypto and yeah, sorry. Um, Tony's at his New Year's Eve party. I know, and he's hanging out with us. Like, I feel bad. I feel bad. No, because no, 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 no. like, how many hours left? Like four, so I'm okay. Because <laughs> well, the, the girls are putting makeup and you know, so I'm okay. I'm, I'm hanging out with the Monero people. <laughs> um, but what I do want to mention is that it's kind of sad that we created this thing in crypto, which was which is supposed to revolutionize uh, the entire, uh, you know, economy. And um, it's kind of sad that we took it in, in um, towards centralized exchanges, towards all these pointless 20,000 cryptos that we have. I mean, there's, there's more than that. And just diluting money into those things and people are trying to make money and get out of them. It, this, it's really not the purpose of crypto. If people were really honest about what they wanted for crypto, they would just focus on Monero and things like this. And we, we, we would have been, you know, way, way and beyond where we are today. But um, people just need a harsh wake up in order to, to go away from Shiba Inu and, <laughs> and come to, to Monero, unfortunately. Um, but I, I do think that 2020, I think 2023 is going to be <laughs> very interesting uh, with the war and then recession and CBDCs and everything. And uh, I, I do hope that um, um, in Canada, CoinCard is finally going to have Monero over Bitcoin. And that's going to be a huge, <laughs> a huge thing for, for adoption in Monero. And overall, I think we're going to have way more adoption in Monero. At least I hope. Stoic, what, what, what do you think 2023? What do you think some of the big themes are going to be? Yeah, I think an important thing to take away is, I mean, what we're seeing in the world right now is more of a process, not an event. So I think what we're going to see is just a continuation towards that. So I don't think we're going to see every country adopt CBDC, social credit scores, but we are going to see more countries adopt CBDC, social credit scores, start to move towards the digital ID system. Um, we're also going to continue to see the Fiat Ponzi, uh, whether you want to call it collapsing or however you want to frame it. Um, I think, again, it's more of a process, not an event. So I think we're just going to continue along the road to a Monero standard, as is foreseen in the prophecy of the <laughs> <Monero standard. laughs> Getting closer and closer. Exactly. One thing that Arctic uh, wrote, one cannot revolutionize the economy on 6.5 to 
TPS when Visa does uh, 6,500 TPS, which is true. Which is true. So yeah. there's also that. Luke, I don't know. Did we, did we lose Luke? Luke? Are you still hanging out over there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm still hanging out here. Okay. Luke, what do you what do you think, man? I mean, uh, so obviously FTX was the story of the year in the broader crypto community in in the mainstream. It's what everybody's view of, of crypto is, right? Do you think uh, 2023 becomes a year that, that decentralized exchanges become something that's more mainstream? I mean, I talk to to normies; they don't even know that decentralized exchanges exist as a concept. Already exist uh, something that people can use. I think we saw decentralized exchanges prove their value. I mean, all the way back in 2020 with Uniswap, mm -hmm. and now the discussion is simply cross-chain decentralized exchanges. And I think that there are multiple projects aiming to handle that because while BISC has existed for years, and I'm not here to demean BISC, there is the acknowledgement BISC has its UX issues. And I think with more modern technologies, we have much better UX solutions. And I think. Sarai is one example of that, and I know of a couple of others on the way. And then, of course, there has been one in the space for a while. So I think after the FTX collapse, while regulators will try to blame cryptocurrency, despite it being a clear-cut case of corporate fraud that decentralized systems would have done a lot for, I think those in crypto will more and more shy away from centralized exchanges. And I think launching and continuing to exhibit decentralized exchanges which don't and cannot have these issues will become more and more important. So I think while it's unfortunately sets back the industry as a whole in the trust perspective with regulators and the public, despite this literally just being corporate fraud, which could happen anywhere to anyone and us being the ones building solutions that wouldn't have allowed it, I think the people in crypto will far more appreciate them so long as we can give them the proper options. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think as as regulators start to look at this and have these discussions, hopefully, maybe the, these narratives will start to come out in the discussions. The the you know this idea of decentralized exchanges and maybe that will start to become part of the the mainstream discussion because you're really not hearing it being talked about at all. You're hearing crypto bad. Uh, we got to create regulations. You're not hearing any of the nuance and what the technology actually does but maybe as they as they discuss we'll start to hear these things uh tony any any other topics you want to news stories you think we, sh we should uh, get people's opinion on what, what were some other big ones obviously cbdc's we kind of mentioned regulation yes i want to mention two things first of all uh the turkish leader is actually going to be strongly um strongly tied to your identity so that's going to be a part of it of course and uh, what I was thinking as um, you guys were uh, talking is um, <laughs> I just can't wait for the time where when they're going to ban whatever that means, crypto, and then Monero is going to continue. And <laughs> they're just going to look at it and see it thrive even more, probably. Uh, I'm curious of what's going to happen after. So I, I guess my question is, um, what do you guys think about the ban on crypto and Will it affect Monero? What's what's going to happen? It's related to the first. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what we we're saying. You know, we're saying, is it even likely that there will be a ban, uh, you know, in the U.S., or is it there's going to be talk of it? Um, I, th I think there's just going to be a, a lot of a lot of talk, but I, ultimately, I don't think we're going to see a bill that gets passed where they they 
effectively ban crypto or some version of crypto, privacy coins. I personally don't think we will get that far, although I do think it will get discussed at a high at a high level. You know, it'll be, it'll be talked about. Uh, but I don't think there'll be the political will. But I could be wrong. You know, there could be uh, another black swan event. You know, so FT, you know, FTX, I think, is like we said, is only going to get them so far because really it doesn't even make sense. Right. Like Luke was saying, I mean, this is about somebody who committed fraud using a, a centralized exchange. Nothing to do with really with crypto itself and the risks of crypto itself. So I just don't see that that holding enough. Uh, or creating enough political will where you have people saying we need to now ban this technology. If anything, I think there'd be a backlash there and it'd be an opportunity for the uh, mainstream uh, community to, to learn more about this technology as they start to hear people saying we need to ban it, we need to ban it. And, you know, Streisand effect. That's, that's, that's where I see it going, but maybe there would, maybe there will, unfortunately will be some other black swan event uh, that, you know, governments grab onto and saying this was because crypto, whatever, is bad and we need to regulate. And, you know, that's nobody can really predict. One thing that I want to mention before Arctic Mine or Stoika or Luke gives us their opinion, because the article that mentioned the ban on, on crypto, that the U.S. is trying to ban crypto, it got published on December 30th. What were they talking about at the Christmas dinner? Like they, they have never nothing better to talk about than crypto and how to ban it. <laughs> mm. I think I think the most important thing is for us to continue to do our job, which is talk about you know give put the truth out there, talk about these technologies for for what they actually are, and it really is an information war at the end of the day. Uh, the vast majority of people really don't understand crypto and its purpose and and, and and those that do don't really understand why it's important, why, you know, a decentralized technology, decentralized money, uh, digital cash is vital to an open and free society. They're just not really taking the time to understand why that's important. So we just need to continue to do what we're doing and hopefully get it out beyond just the Monero community. Uh, I'm partaking tomorrow in a... Um, Liberty, who, who's doing it? It's the, the Mises Libertari Caucus yeah, the Mises of Caucus. the Libertarian Party is having a kind of a, a virtual conference and I'll be on there. But that's a perfect example of, you know, a way to start to grow Monero beyond just Monero people, right? So here's, here's a group of people that should, should really care about what we're working on here. And so like things like that are important to keep getting the word out. But yeah, there's just so much miss, information not even misinformation just people haven't really stopped to understand it yet and that goes on, on the level of those that are, are are making the laws right so the vast majority of lawmakers don't really understand why crypto is important and unfortunately the vast majority of them don't really care they're just politicians and they're just going along with whatever they need to go along with i'll give you an example uh I don't know if, are you guys familiar with George Santos? <laughs> it's, it's, he's become a national news story. He's, he's on the cover of the New York Times. So he ran for Congress. When I ran in 2020, he also ran in 2020 in the district right next to me in New York. Uh, you know, we knew each other through our races. We were both running for big congressional seats here in New York. 
2020, I didn't win. He didn't win either. It's both, both those districts are primarily Democratic districts. We ran as Republicans out on Long Island. George Santos continued to run after 2020, after the loss. I, I was like, I'm not running. He continued to run and, uh, he caught the red wave and, and he won. Uh, but the thing about George Santos is he completely fabricated his entire, uh, resume, personality. He's a, he's a made up individual. Even his name was fake. Everything um, was fake. And crazy. two weeks ago, or maybe it was like three weeks ago, before this really all came to light, uh, I was at an event and George Santos was there and, you know, I, I know him a little bit. And so I went up to him, and this is after he won. I said, George, just, you know, promise me one thing. He's like, what? I was like, you know, when they, when they, if they try to ban Monero, uh, just promise me that you'll, you know, you'll reach out to me and we'll talk about it and you can, you know, uh, be on the floor of Congress and, and, and properly respond and talk about it, whatever. And he's like, oh, I don't really know Monero or whatever, whatever. He's like, but that S, uh, SBF guy, uh, what a fraud that guy is. And we really need to, we really need to go after him. And it's such a shame. And then, you know, two days are revealed that George Santos is an even bigger fraud than, than, lied about than SVF. But my point is, you know, I don't know if George Santos is the only fraud, uh, among, among these politicians in Congress. Uh, I think he was the most, maybe more, more obvious. Uh, but I hate to say it, I think it's kind of the personality type of a lot of these people that get involved in this. So it's just, just putting that out there as a larger story and something to realize and that this is, this is what we're really dealing with. Uh, and so who knows in what direction these things can go because the people that are ultimately, uh, pulling the strings and, and making the rules, um, it's, it's whether or not the interests align with them, and that's really what's deci- deciding our future. Uh, so just throwing that out there as, a, as an anecdote, as a story to be cognizant of. These things are very unpredictable, and the people that are, are making, making the rules um, aren't really necessarily driven by ideals. They're driven by their, their own personal incentive to, to better themselves and become rich and powerful. And so... Bitcoin has done a good job of, uh, I think, aligning with those incentives, but it's also why it's become, in my, uh, in my opinion, somewhat co-opted. Um, I think the number go up aspects of it have been a good meme and have gotten people interested in it and to the point where you even have a lot of these lawmakers now invested in it. Uh, so when you know for us to transition to the point where the lawmakers start really talking about the ideals as to why free speech money matters i don't know man i don't know if there's i don't know how many true true patriots and idealists are out there in, in you know in government that are making these rules arctic what do you think well my point is i think we're going to get some credit to the politicians here and i and i mean i'm going to be a bit of a devil advocate here the problem is, is what have we presented as a community when you take the whole crypto industry? Uh, Monero is like, what, less than 1% that actually works as a peer-to-peer decentralized currency that can be used to disintermediate banks, etc., etc., etc. And the rest of the stuff doesn't do this. 
So what they're seeing is this massive amount of money flowing around. It's not doing payments, and that's a legitimate criticism. It's a very legitimate criticism. Uh, it cannot do payments. It's impossible to do payments, which would be my biggest pet peeve with, uh, with Bitcoin all along. So we go around and say, you know, we've got all these ideals about uh, decentralized money, and we disintermediate the banks. And I say, this is all great. We've got to roll up your sleeves and make sure the thing works. And honestly, with the exception of Monero, none of them do. Mm-hmm. So what we're dealing with is a, a lie also on the cryptocurrency side. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we're saying, we're talking about how we're going to disintermediate and how blockchain is going to do these things. But when you get down to the nitty gritty, all you end up doing is replacing one form of bank with a different form of bank. Right. So you're putting Bitcoin in a bank and then having it get stolen by a fraudulent. So you haven't solved the problem that it was designed to solve. Mm-hmm. And then we turn around. And that, I think, is a, it's a, it's a serious challenge because of all the politicians see is not a not people who are disadvantaged paying somewhere half around the world with crypto. That's not what they're seeing. What they're seeing is this massive fraud. Mm-hmm. And that's the danger that it, that we just get forgotten in this sea of manure, basically, to put it bluntly. Right. We just drown in a sea of manure. Well, Artic, what do you say to the Bitcoiners who say that you need to scale in layers, that you need to have some level of centralization to scale? Well, what I say to the Bitcoiners is that doesn't work because your layer one doesn't work. The problem Bitcoin has is it cannot scale due to nothing to do with technology. Yes, you have to layer it, and I agree with that. But the problem is it doesn't work at layer one. It doesn't have the security. It doesn't have the spam control. And that's the fundamental problem. The thing is fundamentally flawed at a design level. It cannot do. It cannot be the decentralized money that, that people say. I mean, I had this interesting, just, I think it was at the last one in Utopia with the folks, uh, guys from the, um, the, uh, crypto vigilante. And I said, look, you know, you guys are talking about all this stuff. Uh, how are we going to disintermediate the banks? You can't do that if your technology doesn't support it. You've got to roll up your sleeves and get the thing to work. And the problem is that we've got a lot of hype, but when you get down to something that actually works, it isn't happening. The only one, in my opinion, that actually work and literally can scale over time into working is Monero. And it will take about a decade, in my opinion, for Monero to to take on. And, and on the level one, we'll be able to do uh, Visa transaction rates just on, on technological change. But the problem with Bitcoin is it doesn't happen with the technology. It doesn't work, period. So it's not, about, it's not a question about technology catching up. It's that you have fundamental design flaws. And that's the problem. So sure, you can have layer one, you can have a layer two, but if your layer one isn't solid, your layer two is going to collapse. You're building a, a, an edifice on a, on a shaky foundation. Lightning Network was a very interesting technology. But if you if you cannot do a justice transaction uh, because the fees are higher than the amount at stake, which is the problem PC can happen in Lightning Network and Bitcoin, well, the whole security model collapses. I'm so, familiar with the justice transaction is a Lightning Network, but are you referring mainly to um, like block size and tail emission? Absolutely, okay. because we, uh, the problem is is the reason that if you you're going to just look at uh, you're going to look at uh, what's called fear reward. If you look at fear reward of Bitcoin, 
this is where it's a, and in Bitcoin Cash. It's a great example. You just look at fear reward and Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash. It's been flat and falling. Bitcoin Cash fear reward is significant below that of Bitcoin. There's no way you're going to replace block rewards with transaction fees. You have a fundamental security problem right there. There's no evidence that you can do it. Then when I, I go ahead and I, I think I was at, I don't know, I probably didn't uh, uh, or was at, uh, one of the conferences, I, I put an equation up discussing spam attacks in Monero. And a very astute member of the audience said, you just demonstrated that Bitcoin doesn't work. <laughs> I said, yes, that's exactly what I demonstrated. I'm talking about spam, how to prevent spam attacks in Monero. I'm not talking about Bitcoin. But if you want to prevent spam attacks in Monero, you have to do it you have to leverage the tail emission to do it. So you have a fundamental design flaw. And then we're going to sell this to the politicians. Well, they're going to look at, I mean, in a strange way, I agree with Warren Buffett. I mean, Bitcoin is rat poison squared, he says. Well, I think it's rat poison to the N, where N is about 300. But that's another story. It's dynamic. But the problem is, is, is that what we're presenting in the bulk of it is fundamentally wrong and doesn't work. There's an exception, and it's more the exception to the rule, and that's Monero. But it's a very small exception in a big uh, spectrum. And I think that's a fight that we have to really deal with. It's not about convincing them that about crypto. It's that, look, you know, most of the stuff out there doesn't work. I just see, I see somebody, uh, Wendy Sue in the comments. Wendy, if you can, jump up. I think uh, you're, you're relatively new to Monero. You have some good comments going uh, to that you're throwing out here. Come on up. I'd love to talk to you. Hey, Arctic. Oh, sorry. Arctic, I was going to ask just lastly, do you have anywhere like, that I can read uh, a lot of the maths behind all this sort of stuff? Well, I mean, the basic, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did put out, uh, uh, it's in the uh, uh, issue 17, I put out the, the basic fundamental mathematics behind it. Uh, and, I, and also one of my talks uh, where you can actually go into it. But all you do basically is you, is you just calculate the, the tail emission. And you look at how a, a miner in, in Monero would order transactions. And what happens is the amount of fees they get is proportional to the block reward. Well, if the block reward goes to zero, so there are fees. That's essentially the issue. It's essentially a, a problem of competition among miners. But yes, the math definitely is, is out there. And, and one can look at it. But the basic analysis is essentially you have, if you have an infinite supply of space in the block size, that's the extreme case. The miners are going to compete against each other and going to drive the fees to zero. This was known even long before Monero even existed. But the problem is there is denial, a huge denial on both sides. This denial on the small block, I think I could keep the small blocks uh, uh, small, and that's going to solve it. it. It has been proven empirically that it's not the case. This denial on the big blockers, where you can demonstrate actually that it fits. So that's the, but, but the, the source denial, I mean, I'm standing here and saying this, well, half a trillion dollars worth of assets are fundamentally blockers. It's not just Bitcoin, it's Litecoin, it's a whole bunch of other proof of coins. Ethereum Classic went to that model. Uh, Ethereum proof of stake is another totally different kettle of fish with those that does not decentralize at all. Uh, so you, we're dealing with failure where you look. 
And so then where, yes, where can sorry. I read about it? Do you have a website or something? Well, I haven't actually put it in. Uh, actually, you can probably see some of my talks on that. Okay, you need to yeah. jump on Twitter. I haven't seen you on Twitter. I don't think you're there. But... No, I'm not, I, I got on Twitter and didn't really pursue it. I mean, it, I it's it. controversial enough what I'm saying. I mean, I'm basically standing up here and saying that Bitcoin and all, all the overwhelming number of cryptocurrencies are fundamentally flawed. And this is the only one that really works. For reasons that got nothing to do with privacy. This is the part that really shocks people because, you know, Monero is all about privacy. No, it's not. It's about the only one that works. Tim Monero and Edu out there. It's kind of like the, 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 the Titanic is sinking and the Carpathia, which is the rescue ship, ship only has private cabins. <laughs> but that, that's, that's, that's the analogy. So, well, fine, fair enough, but the Titanic is sinking. Who cares if the problems are, uh, cabinets are private or not? I love <laughs> it, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, but essentially, it's, it's the problem. I mean, I ran into this problem with Bitcoin when I started investing in 2011, 2012. I tried to look at it from the point of view of how can it fail, and I realized, well, wait a minute, everybody's talking about how they're going to do all these great things with this decentralized cryptocurrency, but only on six transactions a second? Hello? What a good question by Wendy. Um, I don't understand why so many smart ones don't see the transparency of Bitcoin as a huge problem, even while being scared of CBDCs. Well, yeah, they, Wendy, they jump up if you can. Go ahead, Artic. The, the, the thing is, they're blinded by the economics. I mean, I had to make a hard decision in 2014 and 2015. I sold my Bitcoin for Monero. Not over privacy, but over scaling and over security. I made that decision. This thing doesn't work, I'm getting out. And that was my... And oh sure, it's nice, it's private. And yes, privacy is important. But seriously, you have a lot bigger problems in, in Bitcoin than privacy. And, and it's a, it's a fallacy. I mean, people are talking about a fallacy. They're, they're talking about how I can do all of these things, but I can't do any of them. Yeah. And then you see, yeah, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, like, what, what are we selling here? And that I think is the problem. So the criticism that you get from a lot of, uh, people in, uh, in the, in the traditional finance, uh, I think is valid when looked at crypto as a whole as opposed to specifically Monero. They have a point. And I think we need to be respectful of that point. I think uh, for 2023, another good goal would be just people to work together and stop fighting against each other because ultimately we're against the same enemy, let's say. And uh, I think a good way, if you argue with Bitcoiners, if you just lay out the fundamentals first and what they believe in, are you against CBDCs? Yes. Are you against... Uh, you know, this and that. And if they agree on that, then the discussion is different. The moment you bring the label Monero Bitcoin and Bitcoiners are usually very attached to Bitcoin as a product. A lot of people in Monero actually that I've talked to have told me and I've seen that if there's something better that comes along than Monero, I'm switching to that thing. And personally, I'm going to do the same because it's stupid to cling to something that doesn't do what it's supposed to do. And scalability, like Arctic Mind is saying, it's a really important thing. If 
you could have privacy, but if it's not scalable, if people can't use it effectively, you can have the best privacy in the world. So what? And um, yeah, so but, there's so many nuances. But the, the, the nuances here, the, the nuance of privacy is uh, the reality today is if you want to scalability, you have to take privacy where you want it or not. So it's the other way around. Uh, now, people want to say, well, privacy is less scalable because transactions are six times bigger. The, the issue is that the technological support for blockchain is probably 10 years down the road for it to be dominant. I don't think CBDCs are even scalable as they're being presented. I, there's some serious technical issues with CBDCs that are not being really addressed. So in some of those cases, let them just crash and burn. Uh, I have some real concerns about spam and CBDCs. And then if you do surveillance, which is kind of thinking how to do it, well, then you're back basically to a Visa and a debit card model uh, with uh, the central bank controlling it instead of Visa. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's essentially what you're doing. So I'm not so convinced about CBDCs being viable at scale at this point in time. My my belief is that it's going to take about a decade for a blockchain like Monero to be able to scale to the idea of, say, a Visa transaction number. Um, if, and this is just because of the technological change involved. But the problem is, that's not the problem in Bitcoin. It's not that it can't scale because it's going to take some time for the technology to catch up. The problem is it's designed so it can't scale, period, because it's of these falling block rewards and the lack of security. They have it, it's designed, it's a flawed design. It's a totally separate problem. So scaling is the technological problem. It's bandwidth going up. I mean, I'm, this conversation, I'm running at 2.5 gigabits per second on the, on the, uh, bandwidth that I'm actually, uh, using for this, uh, on this, uh, I'm connecting to right now. The highest available in Canada is 8 gigabits per second. Uh, that's already coming up. The, you know, when I went to the last Monero talk and I had to change my talk at the 11th hour because I'd upgraded my internet like eight hours before the flight from one gigabit per second to 2.5 gigabit per second. And so this is what's happening in the technology set. Technology is moving along. It's not waiting for, for people in, in, in Bitcoin to debate whether sizes should be big or small. But if your technology cannot scale to meet the demand because it's flawed at its design, and this is the problem that I have with, with uh, then it's going to fail. And then you're going to go and, tell, and try to convince a politician, well, it's not Monero versus Bitcoin. It's Bitcoin is spewing a whole bunch of stuff out there that people can see through it. So they're telling people something is not true. And, and they're going to – you can – Say a lie enough time before, as uh, um, Doug pointed out, you get caught, and when you get caught, then you have a problem. Yeah, I mean the the other thing is, and Arctic Mind, you've talked about this a lot, is the regulations are really being steered by those that benefit most from them being put in place, right? So, like mm -hmm. these coin analytics companies, these chain analytics companies, want more regulation. Right. They, and then but, they want to be able to offer the tools to the companies that are required to follow these regs. And one of those tools being these, you know, the, the chain analysis that they can provide. But, but again, what you've got here is a flawed technology. What they want is a certain type of regulation. They don't want KYC because KYC actually makes them redundant. 
This is actually quite surprising. If you wanted to avoid the fraud that occurred in FTX, proper KYC would have done it. Their KYT nonsense hasn't worked because it didn't detect all these money going to... Uh, these are all, FTX did not really trade a lot of Monero. So, so they were moving all these, all these uh, billions of dollars worth of cryptocurrency, and they weren't detecting any, any illicit activity at all, even though they were surveilling all these blockchains. Well, all that demonstrates is a complete failure of what they're doing. The, uh, and I, I have to call them blockchain surveillance companies, but the problem with it is they, they, they sold the bill of goods to the regulators. Mm-hmm. And, and in reality, what the regulators were asking for, they were asking for traditional KYC. They were asking for basically the same stuff as in fiat. Treated the same way as cash. That's an easy sell point. You can go to a regulator and say, okay, look, this is, you should really be on the safe side. Treat it as a more fungible. Forget about messing around in the blockchain and express it the same way you're going to deal with cash. Which to a large degree is actually the bipartisan bill that was passed at the end of the Trump administration in, um, in, in the United States Congress did just that. Uh, they, they basically went ahead and, and treated everything like that. That's a way to regulate it. And then, okay, fine. Do your KYC on the, on the customer. What these companies have been selling is, but that puts them out of business. What they were selling is, no, 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 no. We can detect illicit activity by, 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 uh, uh, doing surveillance on the blockchain. Well, in the vast majority of cases, you can't. And in fact, FTX is a good example is, that you can't do it. So they've been selling a bill of goods. So that's the problem. So that's, that's another issue that Monero has. And a lot of people in the Bitcoin community have played around with this because they see it as a way of getting more lenient regulation. And, and, and again, so, so, so we're kind of our odds with this. So as soon as you cry, I know I realize it's the divide and conquer argument. It's a very legitimate argument, uh, that, you know, we shouldn't be doing this, but we can't sit back and let the Bitcoiners tell people things that are false. And then at the same time, push for a lot of Bitcoiners are pushing for this blockchain surveillance because they think that's the way that they can they can stay ahead of regulation in the short term. So it's, it's a lot more. It's a lot. This is where I think our, our our problem is not as much the regulators themselves. Our problem is the rest of the crypto industry and the crypto community, a lot of which are fighting us to the now. Mm-hmm. It's not just the Bitcoiners themselves, because they're a they're in denial about what's going on, and I and I know I know that they're, uh, about their own coin. A, the blockchain surveillance companies, I call them blockchain surveillance, as a for chain analysis, because you can do analysis that's legitimate on a blockchain. But when you try to say, I can tell that somebody's a criminal by examining a, a Bitcoin address and correlations between them with any sense of reliability, then that's blockchain surveillance. That is not just doing chain analysis. You're basically assigning guilt based on very flaky evidence. In fact, one of the arguments with Monero's privacy is to prevent being falsely accused of a crime by a blockchain surveillance company. Because once you spend the Bitcoin, you have no idea where it's going to go. So that thing is going to flow back to you. But that's another issue. So, so I think we're dealing, we're dealing with a fight that is much more difficult because we have to half the time fight the rest of the community, of the, of the cryptocurrency community. I mean, in a lot of these situations. Yeah, they're incentivized towards wanting more surveillance, essentially. Cause it's- yeah, because basically, yeah, if you're a blockchain surveillance company, the last thing you want is, is people doing KYC and not doing surveillance on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. 
They want, they claim it. We can replace KYC with KYT. Know your transaction. That's the message. Well, it doesn't work. With Monero, you can't do KYT. You have to do KYC. And if you actually did that, you don't get the false positives and the false negatives, and you actually will have less money laundering than you have right now. Because you can manipulate blockchain surveillance in order to do the money laundering. It's not difficult to do. So I, I think our challenge is a lot more uh, profound because a lot of people in the Bitcoin community, they are not on our side of this. How much of it do you think is proactive and how much do you think is reactive? Like how much do you think uh, we have to so-called fight against other communities to get the message out there about that versus reactive where they actually learn the lesson the hard way themselves? Well, I think they're learning the lesson the hard way themselves, but the only way the lesson, the, the, the Bitcoin community lesson is gonna, is gonna be, uh, learned, I think, is when they see that the, 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 ob- the object failure. But the, uh, politicians tend to be a lot reactive. They, 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 they react to events. So they pass laws in reaction to events. I mean, you saw this in a lot of situations. You, you get a crisis of some kind and then you get draconian laws passed to try to solve that problem after the fact. The politicians are very reactive. This FTX thing, the message here is very clear. This is about the collapse of a, of a massive centralized institution. This has nothing to do with the, with the underlying asset that they were stealing. So that's an easier sell with respect to the politicians. And there, sure enough, you can align yourself with the Bitcoin community. Because you can say, well, look, you know, this is about a failure of a, of a centralized institution. But when you get into this business of, of you know, the ask, a, a legitimate question that can be asked is, okay, fine, how do you use this for payments? And you get a pie in the sky argument. No, the only one that can really have something that's viable on the blockchain that can be scaled, giving technological change right now is Monero. It's not Bitcoin. But they're selling something to to the politicians, which is a fake. And now I think it's the challenge. How much do you think comes down to ideology, though? Um, like, if you're trying to get people to understand all these arguments, how many, I mean, a lot of people don't necessarily need to think, well, don't think that the money doesn't need to be in the hands of the government. They'd never even think about it in the first place, right? Like, let alone think that uh, something deep about it. Well, that's fine. And, 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 but the, but the problem is those who, present an ideology saying that the money has to be decentralized, or at least for certain groups of people. And then provide a product that cannot do that, and it's essentially changing one centralized ledger for another. That's where you have a problem. I mean, you can say, for example, that for a lot of transactions, it can be in the hands of the government. And for those transactions, it cannot. And, in fact, if you look at credit cards, credit cards, the cost of a credit card transaction could be anything from, like, half a percent all the way up to maybe 10%, depending on the type of transaction and the parties involved. So if Monero comes in at 1% for the transaction cost, where you tell me you do your hedging, obviously some credit card transactions are going to be more cost-effective, and the majority of them are not. So you can argue that that they're complementary even. But the ideology... It's fine if you, if you have a solution to the problem. But if you say, we have to disintermediate the bank in this situation or that situation or in every situation, 
And then what you present as a tool to do it cannot do that. Then you have a, a serious flaw in, in what you're presenting. That's why I yep. focus so much on, on, on the, let's roll up our sleeves and get the thing to work as opposed to talk about ideology. Yeah, I mean, never let the truth get in the way of a good story, hey? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, this is, this is, this is, this is the, this is the, the thing. I mean, I remember 2012, uh, Amir Taki. And I mean, I met him in, uh, in this. And he was living in a squat in London. And stated that at the time in a Bitcoin talk post, um, how Bitcoin will help people living in squats. Okay. Fine. Interesting. Then you do the math. How many people in the world are homeless or experiencing homelessness or living in squats or whatever you want to call it? If they make one transaction uh, every week, how long would it take before they bring the Bitcoin network to its knees? It's like a a minuscule fraction would do this. So the math doesn't add up. There's no way something with that smaller transaction rate is going to have any impact on people experiencing homelessness. Uh, guys, just one thing because my laptop is dying. So whatever. Well, um, I want to say that I want to say Happy New Year to everybody, and um, I hope that we are going to be stronger because I'm not sure how 2023 is going to be. So mm-hmm. if we are strong, if we are healthy, we're going to withstand whatever is coming. So I hope um, I wish the best for everybody. It's been a crazy year. We've seen a lot of it is a lot of craziness in the space uh, week by week. And um, thank you guys for everything. And we'll see you in 2023. Thank you. We'll see you in 2023. Thank you, Tony. Cheers. I have to to leave. I have not had breakfast yet. Oh, no. Ah. (laughs) And I'm in the West Coast. It's 11 a.m. So uh, I I thought you came in hungry. So. Yeah, no, no. Uh, Same here, everyone. We yeah. want a feast we're gonna, here Yeah, well. we're going to yeah. just do, actually. We have a new breakfast. But <laughs> thank, thank you, guys, yeah. for joining Thank you. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Stoic, Tony, Arctic, for hanging out to the end over here. Greatly appreciate it. Going to be a big year for 2023. We're super excited. Uh, thanks to the Monero community for all the support we've received this year. Um, you guys are what keep us going. We get yes. We get little, especially those little yeah, DMs those, you get yeah. once in a while where people are like, you know, thanks for thanks for doing what you guys do. It means a lot to us. It really means, yeah, just little kind um, words, honestly. And, yeah, we love doing it. So, uh, to Liberty, to Monero. <laughs> Liberty, buy our tickets. Buy our tickets. Buy your and tickets, And we'll see you yes. in Mexico. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Yes. And Happy New Year. Adios. Bye-bye. Adios. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on this week's Monerotopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey, or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group. See you all next week.